Hello and welcome to a podcast about PlayStation, the official PS Premier Game of the Year deliberations for 2020. I'm joined by Dory, Marvel and Mitch, who will now all say hello in the order I just said their names. Hello. Hello. Oh, me, hello. (laughs) There was no one left. (laughs) 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 Nailed it, and that's the important thing. So uh, just to get some housekeeping out of the way before we continue, um, this is going to be in two parts. Uh, The first part, for audio listeners, Marvel is eating a cookie. Um, The first part is going to be our individual lists, which can include um, non-PlayStation games, games from other platforms, from Xbox, from Nintendo Switch, and so on. Uh, The second part, that'll come a week after this first part, uh, and that'll be us debating uh, our final collective list. Um, and that won't include games that are not on PlayStation. That'll only be PlayStation games. Only games available on PlayStation. Um, and we're going to try and do it all without mentioning the pandemic. Fuck. Damn it. Uh oh. We were so That's close. That's not good. That's not we good. We were so close. <laughs> anyway, uh, without further ado, I suppose we'll just jump in. Um,. Dory, you want to take us away with your number 10 pick? Yes, it's appropriate because I just jumped like I did the motion. Anyway, um, yeah, um, I just want to mention a few honorable mentions first. Mention well, we can get to mentions. honorable mentions later on. Oh, okay. okay, we'll Probably do it later on. I'll well, then just cut that out. Uh, James, here's my number 10. It's a little controversial because it's technically a DLC, but I spent so many hours on this freaking DLC that I'd be remiss if I didn't mention it. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind came out this year. I know no one else is going to have it on their list, so it's just going to be me blabbing about this. But um, I love the super bosses. I thought they were incredibly challenging, uh, almost tore my life apart. I mean, it was just, it was excellent in all the ways I needed it to be. Um, the They were fun, uh, rewarding. I came back to them every now and then. I spent, I don't know, I think about a month or two beating all the super bosses. And then eventually I came back to beat the secret boss. Um, and then not only did they have the super bosses, but there was some story content, which was all right. And then they added some new moves to Sora's, uh, uh, like abilities and stuff like that improved base gameplay for free. Um, and then also added a new photo mode, uh, some new photo modes, uh, editing stuff. Um, yeah, it was, it was just really good. It took up so much of my time this year and I had so much fulfillment from it. Um, even though it's a DLC, I wanted to put it somewhere on my list and i figured it's more fair since it's not a full game to put it way at the end is so is it like a is, is there a lot of content in it compared to a standard dlc or um it depends on what you're interested in so if you're interested in the uh just the story content for the dlc which is the remind portion then you're probably only going to get uh i think about five hours out of it three to five hours maybe um but if you also want to beat those super bosses and if you're like me absolutely bonkers and you want to beat it on critical um then it's going to take you a long time to get those fights there are like super bosses you can fight uh independently of the story content and that'll take you a lot longer depends on how good you are how often you fight them but it usually took me a couple days just to beat one of the bosses and there were basically 13 uh super bosses that they add and then there's remixed music um, all the fights are unique. Uh, it's all one-on-one fights too. So 
Um, that's not even including the secret boss, which is uh, also incredibly challenging. Um, but yeah, so it, it, it can take you a while. It depends on what you're interested in. If you're just there for the story content, it's not going to take you a ton of time. You could easily get this done in one, in an afternoon or something. But if you're interested in the super bosses, it's probably going to take you a lot longer. Unless you play it on like, you know, standard or um, beginner or something. But I was playing on critical because I'm an absolute mad person. Um, so... <laughs> So it took me a lot longer. Yeah, uh, you're definitely going to be the only one of us with that on your list. Uh, yes. I guarantee it. Uh, <laughs> and now Marvel's going to tell us his number ten, and probably the same thing. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, it's the exact same thing. Whoa! No. Wow! <laughs> uh, no, my number ten is the game that everyone played for two weeks and then is subsequently just dropped off of. Uh, Fall Guys. Um, for those of you that don't remember Fall Guys, because it's been like nine years since it happened, I think, uh, Fall Guys was that weird battle royale slash mini game combination made by, I believe, Mediatonic. Um, it was so colorful, so fun. You play these little bean dudes and you try to be the last one remaining and grab that sweet, sweet victory by taking a crown at the top of a hill or whatever the crap you want to do. It's different every time. Um, so the reason that I actually ended up sneaking this one on my list and booting off Doom Eternal, which sounds very stupid now that I think about it, is, be <laughs> is because, uh, this game for a solid, like, week there, uh, my family and I would all gather around on the couch, I would take my PC upstairs, and we would just hand the controller off to each other. Uh, it's one of those games that you can easily just give to someone, even if they don't really play games all that often, and they can pick it up in a snap. It's, it's really just so easy so wonderful so fun and i have pretty much nothing else to say about it because it's my number 10 cheers uh, yeah, yeah. I, I i will say that uh fall guys is, was one of my honorable mentions um <clears throat> and uh i know we said we we're gonna do that later but no oh, that's fine kind of bring it up okay. yeah it's also one of my um, honorable mentions as well yeah. yes i i played mm -hmm. fall guy i would never have played this first off if this came out if this didn't come out for free i would never have played this but it did mm -hmm. come out for mm -hmm. free I played it with the MinMax community for a good, like Marvel said, like good week or two. Pretty much everybody did. Uh, mm -hmm. It was so fun. I had so many laughs, so many good times. Uh, I never won, um, but um, I did get kind of close a couple times, which was exhilarating, uh, and probably would have made 2020. Probably would have just completely ended 2020 right there. I think 2020 would have folded onto itself, but. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. I'm sorry. I know I could have ended the year a lot sooner if I just grabbed the goddamn crown, but it didn't happen. But it's still it's still a cool game. Um, I don't really care about the updates, and I kind of lost interest after a couple weeks. But I thought it was a cool game, and it was really fun to play with other people. That was the big thing for me is getting to play with friends. Uh, yeah. And like Marvel said, that that component is really what what put it even as an honorable mention on my list. There, there was a moment when it came out when I was playing it that it was very... It was in very strong contention for being on my list, even quite high up on my list. Um, I, I think just because once I was done with it, it was at a point where I just sort of soaked it for as much as I could. Mm. Like I'd really mm. wrung it dry. Um, and then I was just sort of, I, f I feel like the aftertaste of like, okay, I'm done with the game now. I've gotten all I can get out of it. And just thinking about going back to play it sort of puts me off a little bit and i think that sort of dropped it down a little bit just because maybe i've soured a little bit on it having you know played it as much as i did um but it's definitely worth it's definitely worth knowing it's a great game 
and I'm actually interested in going back to it with all the new content that they've added from the seasons two and three. I, I will also say their PR game, as opposed to some other companies uh, in oh, absolutely, uh, is just on point as heck. Um, and they've got a great mm. PR team, great social media team. Um, I, I wish them, you know, I wish definitely wish them all the success and best in the world. They've got a they've got a great base experience here, and I think that they've got an excellent baller, uh, you know, following. Uh, despite all those, uh, you know, people saying dead game, dead game, whatever. I know lots of people still love this game, still are very interested in where it's going. Uh, you know, good for Media Tonic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mitch, you want to take us on to your number 10? Sure thing. Well, speaking of another game with an excellent PR on Twitter, um, and I'm probably committing sacrilege just for putting the game this low, but I've only played a couple hours of it. Um, Bugsnacks is Bugsnacks. my number 10. Gotcha. And I think, yeah, I've only played a couple hours at this point. I've only gotten about like three or four <laughs> villages back. <laughs> but, um, so hence why it's so low on my list. But I can definitely say that it's pro- it's got some amazing characters, some amazing, wonderful writing. Uh, <laughs> um, you're and you're I- a little frozen in time, Mitch. Um, oh, there you go. You're oh. fine now. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> Okay, do you want me to start from the start again? Or? No, 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 on you go. Oh, okay. we, we heard you fine. Well, oh, cool, cool, cool. Um, it, so, yeah, some wonderful characters, some wonderful writing. Um, the main problem for me, though, is just the gameplay isn't for me. I'm not really interested in the whole, you know, studying bug snacks, whatever the plural term is, and then catching them and doing the same mechanics over and over and over again. It's it's not for me personally, but I knew that going into it, so it's not, you know, like a big detractor against the game for me, but I think the writing definitely shines through a lot of the time for me. My my favourite thing about Bug Snacks was um, the, the gameplay was quite basic, as you say, but um, the, the thing that I really liked was just the character of, like, all the snacks, all the bugs, you know, they were sort of... Oh, yeah. I like how they sort of... Um, they all say their names as they're walking about, but they say it with, like, a really... Mm-hmm. Like, a, a funny voice and everything. <laughs> and it's, mm-hmm. it's just absolutely adorable. Um, does... Does anyone else have bug snacks on their list? Uh-huh. Oh, I shocker. <laughs> shocker! Uh... <laughs> Let me say some kind words about it before we... Uh, I, I won't say where it is on my list. When we get there, I'll just briefly well, mention Well, why, why, why don't you, just so I can throw it down now? Do you want me to? Okay. Uh, it's number four on my list, Bug oh, Snacks. Okay. It, it, that's... Before uh, before we started, I was talking about how something looked completely off on my screen and it felt wrong. It's because I had just bumped Bug Snacks uh-huh. off of my top three. Uh <sighs> Mitch, I just, I feel like I've gone through the ringer with you and I would like to remove you from this call, but I I cannot. Uh, So much of this game for me, uh, and the reason that I loved it so much, was the lead up to it. Um, It was taking in that weird energy that everyone had, like, right before the launch of this game, from the moment it was announced, where it wasn't some big AAA title, yet it was one of the first things shown on PS5. And everyone just kind of sat there like, what? is this and for about four (laughs) months there we really had no clue what we were getting into and actually uh getting to play through the game i was i was given a code by pop agenda to like play through this and having that experience of opening this thing up after so long of waiting and just realizing it was exactly what i wanted it's 
it's not deep gameplay wise. It can be frustrating at times, but it's so gosh dang adorable and so light until like very vague spoiler here towards the ending. Uh, the ending goes places, which I will not, <laughs> I will not spoil. Uh, but it completely changed my view of the game, and that's what got it almost to my uh, my top three. But it's it's such a delight, and everyone needs to go play it. And please don't judge it based on the opening two hours. Try to see it through to the end if you can. And yeah. being as vague about it as possible, speaking on the ending, like there's a lot mm-hmm. of there's a I feel like there's a lot of theories you could come up with. Like they leave it sort of. Uh, ambiguous enough that you could come away with your own theories on on what is going on like I, i'm pretty sure i've even got a theory about that ending that i haven't seen anyone else express Ooh. um that i want you to hear for spoiler reasons but um yeah it's that ending definitely does not go where you'd expect yeah no no um yeah so my number 10 is uh rocket arena which is I feel like I haven't heard enough about Rocket Arena. So it's it's my number 10 partly because I really enjoy it, but also partly because I feel like it deserves more attention than it's been getting. So it's this sort of 3v3 um, quake-type third-person shooter uh, where you're all jumping. Like it's, it's like a hero shooter. Everyone's jumping about with rockets, and it's kind of like Super Smash Bros where you have to build up uh, the enemy's health bar, and then when it gets to full, you can knock them out of the arena. And, and you've killed them and, and whatever but um it's just the act of like hitting people out of the the map is just so satisfying in itself and mm. the game feels like incredibly well balanced considering that it's like just an indie game and i feel like if they properly supported this game it could have a long life and it could be a lot of fun if more people sort of got on board with it by one sort of criticism is that the gameplay loop can be sort of the gameplay can be a little uh, repetitive at times. It's not like uh, let's compare it to Overwatch. I know it's not really a fair comparison, but let's compare it to Overwatch, where a game like you're you're using the same heroes on the same map every time, but because of the way like teams work together and that sort of thing, uh, no two matches will ever play out the same. It's always going to be new. It's always going to be different, and that's why I have like a thousand hours on Overwatch. Uh, it's not really the same in this. It feels like there's only one way a match can go where, you know, you either win or you lose. Uh, there's not a lot of variation within that. But it is, like, just on its own, there's a lot of fun to be had there. And I really think more people should check it out. I think it might be free on PlayStation Plus still this month. It, or was it, it last is. month? It's this month. Oh, it's December that it's free, yeah. Right. So yeah. as of this recording, it's still free. So I recommend everyone check it out um did anyone else check it out or have it on their list or anything like that i i didn't have it on my list but i have played it like quite a bit of it like a few hours i think my own biggest criticism of it is really isn't really to do with the game but itself it's just the fact that ea didn't seemingly didn't really care about marketing this at all yeah so you know even with it being free on playstation plus like even about like what mid-december it's the population is basically dead as far as I can tell on PlayStation. Like, I can really only get into co-op versus AI matches. I can't get into, like, straight PvP matches, which, which sucks. But the game itself is it's fun, as you said. It's got a lot of charm to it, I think, with all the characters. And it's got a surprisingly unique... Well, not unique, but, like, 
layered, I guess you would call it, um, upgrading system with the artifacts and stuff, so you can actually build characters to be how you want them to. It, it's just a few, you know, it's not much, but it's at least something that could offer up some variety depending on how many hours you put into it. Yeah. But um, I, I yeah, feel like I, I've had... I've probably had better luck with the matchmaking than you have, but it is definitely slow oh, at times. Yeah. Um, because I'm obviously in the UK, uh, and you're in Australia, yeah. but um, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, it can be very slow at times. Though. Like I remember when I started playing, it was taking maybe five minutes to find a match. That went down significantly later on. I think when more people were checking it out on PlayStation Plus. Um, mm. but yeah, that is an issue, and I am really worried that it's going to die out at some point. Yeah. Which would be a shame because I mean, it's really a fun game. I was gonna say, just like in Australia, you can find like the retail mythical edition for like five dollars off, down from thirty, and that was in August. So yeah, you can you can upgrade yeah. um, you can upgrade to the mythical edition as well for like a five yeah, if you yeah. get the PlayStation Plus one. Um, but yeah, it feels it does feel like there's a lot of like monetization in there overlapping. Like it feels like it's and none it, of it feels, it feels predatory, like it, but it does feel it like an EA thing. Desperate. It, it feels yeah. more desperate than anything. It feels like the developers are, are kind of like, they see the writing on the wall, so they're just trying to like pump out as or get as much money in as they can. Sure. That, yeah, that, that feels well, accurate, yeah. The game. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I guess now we'll move on to uh, our number nines. Um, Dory, what is your number nine? Do you want to take us away with that? My number nine will doom us all eternally. Thank you. That was the best ah, Doom Eternal hey. joke I could think of. Um, it is Doom Eternal. Um, I this so fun fact. This was the first Doom game I ever played. Uh, I had played uh, Quake when I was younger, and I don't think I ever played Doom. Um, so um, yeah, this was the first Doom game I ever played. I was overall really impressed with it. I did struggle with some of the uh, final bosses, and I found them slightly unfair in their design but generally besides some sort of um besides like some kind of lackluster platforming sections i thought this game was generally really well done really well paced there is some plotting that i didn't really care for as well um so that's why again all these reasons are kind of why it's higher up on this list um but generally i enjoyed my time um maybe i would enjoy it more if i played doom 2016 um but yeah, it's it's a great game. It's a very gory game, but it's it's um you know uh it's it's fun. It's fat. It's uh, action packed, fast paced. Um, it's exactly what you would want in a good Doom game, by all accounts. Um, so I'm definitely glad I played it. Uh, I just hate those last two bosses, mostly the penultimate boss. Yeah, it's number six on uh, on my list. Um, I I agree that last boss is a little weak, but. And it is more difficult than the first game by a landslide. Um, but it's... I feel like it's an improvement on the first game in almost every aspect. Like, you get a lot of sequels these days that... Um, well, not these days, but in general. You get a lot of sequels that sort of iterate on the previous game, but don't make big leaps. And this one made a lot of big leaps. It took a lot of risks changing up the formula over the first game. And I think all of those decisions really paid off. Um, it has a lot more depth in a lot of ways. It's a lot more complicated and more difficult to get your head around in a lot of places. But I think in the long run, it really sort of pays off. And I like how they sort of dive deeper into the lore in this one. Um, yeah. Because that lore yeah. is really interesting, even if it is just through text documents. I think it's smart of them to separate 
the lore from the gameplay so that people can choose what experience they want and yeah they do dive into it more in the story but i like the fact like if you read some of those lore documents like they're really well written and really interesting i definitely appreciated that it was a lot more optional uh in terms of the story because i i think i started early on i started trying to read some text documents and i was like this is not what I'm interested in in a Doom game. I'm immediately skipping all of these. I I, li- I did listen to voice recordings. I paid attention to all the cutscenes. I got the basic idea of what was going on. It's not like I, I you know, I, I, as we, you know, we all know, I love story, narrative-driven games. So it's not like I have something against story. Uh, generally, mm-hmm. it's more like story and Doom is not something I really wanted or needed. Um, so it's not something I was looking for. So I, I'm glad, yeah, I think that's a great design choice because I never felt... I, I, you know, there's a couple cutscenes where I was a little like unsure of like why I should feel invested, and I probably would have felt more invested if I had read more. Um, but you know, I mean, I played a game like Disco Elysium last year, which has you know famously like over a million words, right? But I didn't feel inclined to read uh, the, all the text logs here. But um, you know, that said, I, I still enjoyed whatever silliness uh, they're get they're having Doom guy get up to. Did anyone else hmm. have this on their lists? I did. Um, Whereabouts? Do, do uh, right up at number two. Wow. Surprisingly enough. Whoa. I know. That's revenge for bug snacks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I originally I had it in my number three spot, but then literally just then, as soon as Dory started talking about it, I'm like, yeah, I, Doom Eternal did rock. I, I'm just going to put it up to number two. Because, oh, yeah. Um, Can we talk about that soundtrack? Because the soundtrack was oh, amazing. Oh, yeah. The yeah, soundtrack was, was so good. Yeah. I, it always got my <laughs> my gamer adrenalines, adrenaline things going. I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say here. <laughs> um, I got my, you, my gamer juices flowing. That's right. It, ga- it really got my Mountain Dew going. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. But Your anyway. gamer glands were My pumping. gamer glands. Were... Thank you, Mitch. Exactly the phrasing I was looking for. No, but seriously, the, the soundtrack is amazing, and we really need to give a shout-out to it. Uh, it, it, was, yeah. it was always good at <laughs> wanting you to get back into the fight. If not, to rip and tear, then to hear that awesome soundtrack. And I mentioned it in my review as well. It feels like a more confident version of the first game's soundtrack. Absolutely, like it, yeah. it feels like in the first game they were still sort of figuring out where they wanted to, what they wanted to do with it. And this one, it feels I, like, okay, this is what we're doing. Let's just focus on mm-hmm. making it as good as possible. I, I'd say that pretty much just sums up the whole game, the game as a whole. It's a much more confident version of the first game. Yeah. In story and design and gameplay it's a lot more bombastic and loud but at the same time it you know i mean like it, it's a small thing but i think the addition of like the hub base you think they give it this really dumb name the fortress of doom or something yeah. something as small as just being able to walk around and see um the doom slayer's room with all his like guitar collection and everything like small things like that are just like yeah it's dumb but it's also cool as fuck you know <laughs> And I, I mean, I, I want to touch on as well, like you, um, mm-hmm. Mitch, about you, like moving it just now to your number two spot because of what Dory was saying. Mm-hmm. I feel yeah. like it suffers from some. I feel like it suffers from, you know, recency, the opposite of recency bias, uh, more than other games because yeah. whenever I like, whenever I go back to play it, I think you know, wow, this is really good. You know, maybe I should move it up my list because I I feel like it doesn't because it's mainly gameplay focused. It doesn't stay with you as much as some other maybe this more story-driven story games yeah. stay with you over the course of the year, you know? 
Yeah, yeah. I think sure. Doom also sure. has the unfortunate like kind of rep of like being in a uh, being put in a weird time. I mean, this whole year obviously has been bizarre and and bad in a lot of ways. But the the time frame in which Doom came out, I mean, it was just a weird a weird time where I think a lot of people were still adjusting to the way things were and big games were still on the horizon. So it was just kind of in this middle spot between a rock and a hard place where it was tough to, it was maybe tough to appreciate doom as much as you, as you might've otherwise. I don't know. I don't know if that makes any sense. No, no, I'd say that's fair. I mean, it, I mean, it came out right as, you know, the shit was starting basically. So, but I think, you know, we, Weirdly enough, a game all about, you know, fighting hell and demons is probably one of the best things to come out of 2020, video game-wise, so... I, yeah. I remember, um, I know, uh, I <laughs> know you're saying we're going to talk about this, but I remember early when I was playing the, the um, when I was playing the game, um, one of the things I was th- thinking about, or I think I said this to my partner, or I just said this to myself, but I was like, I just pretend that every one of these demons is like part of the coronavirus or something, you know, I'm really doing something here in my living room and it didn't work obviously. But, uh, but yeah, I mean like doom is like, you know, you're stuck in this, you know, hellish in these hellish environments, which is a big 2020 mood, but you can actually do something mm-hmm. about it. So it is actually kind of an empowering narrative to be in. You because, feel powerful. You know, yeah. Yeah. Cause you feel, I mean, that's what doom's all about. Right. So yeah. Rip and tear. Uh, Marvel, exactly. you want to, Show us your number nine. We got. Yes. Okay. Before I start, may I just ask: Does anyone here use virtual reality at all? I'm trying to. Not often. Thank the thank the Lord that you are saving me so much so much headroom here. All right. It's PlayStation. Yeah. If it works, it works. All right. Number nine. Uh, Star Wars Squadrons. Not working. Uh, okay. There you go. Yeah. There you go. So um. Have any of you played it before? Before I've gone, I I I played, just got it. I just got it. I've played so. the uh, EA Access demo. Okay, okay. Uh, so for everyone listening, Star Wars Squadrons is a uh, a spiritual successor to the Star Wars ship games of days long past. Uh, essentially, Yonder. the whole point of the game is just to fly a freaking Star Wars ship and feel like a BA. Uh, It really doesn't serve much of a purpose other than that. Um, There is a campaign there. I never touched it. I never felt like I needed to touch it because every time I loaded into the game, uh, I was playing on VR. The mere spectacle of sitting inside of a TIE fighter and being able to look around, (laughs) being able to like see the world around me, have ships flying across my sides and, you know, being able to really be in that moment, it fulfilled childhood dreams. I mean, this is something I have wanted since I was a little child. And having that little bit of escapism in 2020, where there's nothing more to it except you're just going to go shoot some things in a big old ship, it's it's just exactly what I needed. Uh, I haven't felt like I needed to go back to it, you know, since like the first month that I played it. But every time I get out my VR set, I do have that moment where I'm like, Maybe I should re-download that and just give it another shot. Um, it's it's a very very special experience, and mm. playing it with a group of people. Sorry for getting you off again, James. Uh, playing it with a group of people, uh, probably the best multiplayer experience you can have. It's very short rounds. You just get a group of like six other people together. You fly in, you fly out, and you're done. It's 
yeah it's good yeah i uh i haven't played it in vr um and i can imagine if you're a star wars fan it's probably a lot bigger a deal than it is for me as a non-star wars fan um but when yeah when i played it i enjoyed the first mission of the campaign which is all you get access to with the demo or the trial uh and i jumped into multiplayer like i really enjoyed that single player mission and i thought i could see myself playing more through that um but i jumped into multiplayer and i think i gave up after one match because maybe it's just because i'm not good at dogfighting games but i feel like it suffers from the same thing that every other like dogfighting game that i've played or even dogfighting game within a game like say one of the battlefield games where you fly a jet suffers Mm -hmm. from where after a while you just end up doing that thing where you're circling over and over again chasing some guy who's also circling behind you and you're just (laughs) doing loops constantly and it's just not fun for me yeah that's fair that's totally Mm -hmm. fair Uh, does anyone else have it on their lists at all no okay uh, in that case, we will move right on uh, to Mitch's number nine. What you got, Mitch? Um, for number nine, I have Cyberpunk 2077. Whoa! Whoa! So I get the we'll buggy get... game. <laughs> yes, I guess we'll just get this one, you know, out of the way with already. Um, I mean, pretty much as Dory sort of clarified for me on the podcast, you know, earlier this week, it's a pretty much just a very uneven experience across the board for me like i think the story has some great moments and then it has some not so great moments you know the gameplay also has some great moments but then it also has some more not so great moments and i mean just the state and clusterfuck of this game's release has really just kind of killed the mood for this game for a lot of people i presume um and not to mention like the open world just I mean, at least for me, fell completely flat. I've got really no compulsion to explore it or actually engage with it at a level at a level higher than okay. Now I'm gonna um, what you call it? Now I'm gonna go to this mission marker. I'm gonna go to this mission marker, or maybe I'm gonna um, you know, I don't know, sell some items or something. Like I'm not, I don't feel like I'm a resident of Night City in the way that I think the developers and everything think they want me to be yeah Um, not to mention um sorry before you before you say what you want to say um i'm currently at a point where i can literally not progress in the main story due to a i so there's a mission i'm at at the moment where every single time keanu reeves says a line complimenting my cock the game crashes what (laughs) I'm nice. joking. That's a great thing to come back to. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like, you remind me of me, impressive cock, and then the game just crashes. Like, it's happened about six times now. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most like... Cyberpunk 2077 thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> James, if we're not clipping this, I'm quitting the podcast. <laughs> Please record that. Please record that and send it in. Yeah. So we can put it in the edit. I need that. Uh, um, yeah, that's yeah. where I'm at the game for right. the moment. That's not a bad place to stop, I suppose. Um, <laughs> so it is also on my list. You might be surprised to hear that it's at number four on my list. Um, what? Uh, yeah, it's... I, I, I've warmed on it a lot more than when we uh, talked about it on our, on the last podcast. Um where we sort of lambasted it for its empty feeling world and everything like that. 
I've mm. gotten a little bit further and I've unlocked some of the the side mission lines with some of the characters that you meet in the campaign that I really like. And, you know, doing those side missions, I'm feeling like really invested in those characters and in those stories. Mm. The world still feels dead, but I, I feel like those stories in particular and just the main story as well are really strong and they sort of are keeping me pushing through the game and enjoying the game despite all of the the bugs and the crashes i think i'm in double digits on crashes now um oh wow but it's yeah i all that aside like i feel like there's a lot of this game that's right up my alley um which is why i've got it so high on my list um but yeah it's <laughs> i i like it i think it's fun yeah, uh, no, I, I think I was I was going to say just speaking quickly on like Night City itself. It's a beautiful looking, you know, design wise. It's a beautiful looking game. Yeah, like I think and, they really nailed the cyberpunk part of Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. And you know, Keanu Reeves complimenting your genitals with stand not standing. <laughs> um, I, yeah. the the writing is really good as well. Like you, mm. I really see that sort of Witcher three DNA shine through in that particular aspect. That's the thing, like, it goes from such incredible heights of, like, emotional and sometimes comedic um, depth, and then it just, and then, like, especially mainly in the side missions, I'd say, like, it falls into, like, the sort of bog-standard open-world RPG fare, where it's just like, I need you to collect such and such of my, um, you know, whatever, or something. But I think, like, writing-wise, the game definitely isn't bad. I, that's not this game's problem at all. It's more just so from a gameplay and, you know, polish point of view. Yeah. Do I need to ask if anyone else has this on their list? No. No. Okay. Oh. Um, so my, my number nine is uh, Kentucky Route Zero. Uh, ah. A game which you could argue was maybe not developed this year. It, since only the fifth and final episode came out this year, but I'm counting it because the full complete package was released this year and everyone else is counting it, so screw you. Um, People are counting it. It, uh, it. It's... it's. I think Soriel Vasquez on the, the Min Max show said it best um, in something recent. Uh, it's, in that it's very much a sort of eat your greens game in that it's not, um, it's not fun to play necessarily but there's so many like interesting plot developments and characters and the writing is just so incredible in the way that a good book is which i i wouldn't know because i don't read many books um but it's it's sort of it's like a good play and i think that's also personified in one of the interludes so there's like five episodes and there's interludes in between them all uh, the third one called the entertainment is one of my favorite bits of the game where and it's the most simple thing ever you're just sitting in a bar right and you're you're in the middle you're like a just a, this character who's just like been sitting there the whole night not saying anything you're just looking around the bar listening to all these conversations everyone's having and it's just regular conversations they're like hey you know how's that holiday you went on la di da right but it slowly develops and so gradually builds into something more dramatic so by the end of like it's like an hour long this interlude and it's just you listening to these conversations but they're so well written that they they hold my interest 
And by the end of it, the drama's ramped up so much and you want to know, like, what's this guy talking about? What's that he's being so vague? What is this? What's going on? And by the end of it, it's like, there's like a, a, I wouldn't call it a plot twist, but like this sort of surprise. And it's like, it just happens so quickly. And you're like, what the fuck just happened? And does it like like pass? The um, sorry, does it like pass in the sense of like, oh no, anyways, like, (laughs) well, kind of, because it's like, it's all this ramping up, and then and you don't know what it's ramping up to, and then all of a sudden, you just turn around, and then you see what it's ramping up to, but you still don't know what it is. You're still confused. Uh, But the genius of it is like all the interludes they play into the next main chapter, but it not in like a. Not in like a this is important to know kind of thing. It's just like little details that are interesting and they feed in and they make sense when you play the next chapter. Mm. Um, and it just all sort of ties in together like that. And it's really sort of impressive like that. And then there's these, in the main episodes, there's these sort of musical moments where like there's one in the in the middle, I think it's in the third episode, where you follow these this couple this um these two people who are performing at this at this venue you follow them there and then you listen to their show and just like the whole scene just changes and just lights up because the bar just the way that it does it sort of visually and the the way it sort of uses the music to sort of tell a story almost and besides that like the game has some really incredibly well written and subtle messaging about its themes and everything like that and it's just, honestly, just genius. Uh, mm. The only reason it's not higher on my list is because, as I say, it's not f- really fun to play. Um, but it's incredibly thought-provoking, and just what, what incredibly is the well written. Actually, like How it's kind of sort of, it's kind of point and click. Except there's not a lot of pointing and clicking. It's just like it's a two D sort of uh, landscape, and you just walk across it across these different oh, scenes yeah. and it plays with perspective a lot as well so it's not always just a 2d side scrolling thing it plays with perspective and in in different ways uh it gives you different camera angles but it always maintains the same art style and it just it, it sort of it plays around a lot with the conventions of like genres and and just the your notions of the game itself from from playing up to that point but it's it's just really clever. I don't suppose anyone else played this or has this on their list. I haven't played it, but I'm getting it for Christmas because uh, I've been really wanting to play it. Um, and so I will probably be playing it in 2021. And if it if I had played it, it probably would be in my top 10, just knowing me and what I'm into. This, yep. this game really sounds like up my alley. So I've been really wanting to check it out for a while now. Yeah, it's it took me a while. Like, I played it over the course of the year. Uh, it took me a long time to play it just because, as I keep saying, it's not fun. Um but it's my number nine, so I, it's it's an incredibly unique experience. I'm a, a big fan of it. So uh, with that, we'll move on to uh, we've come back around again, Dory, to your number eight. My number eight is a game that everyone has on their list. Of course, it's Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory. Obviously, everybody has this on their list. Oh, Kingdom Hearts game. I, I think what? you're the only person in existence who would put two kingdom hearts games on the top 10 for a year i i i probably am actually even even kingdom hearts fans might not have done that this year uh no it was a really good year if you're a kingdom hearts fan it's been a really tremendous year i mean we've got uh dlc uh teases from the more and interviews for a new game 
as well as uh, a, a musical theater rhythm game, which is Melody of Memory, uh, plus uh, some mobile games, if that's your thing. We are not yeah. starved for choice, which is a rarity among Kingdom Hearts fans uh, for many years now. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, Melody of Memory. Um, I was not originally going to even pick this game up. It is $60. That is way too much. Uh, but it is a very good game that um, I think... It doesn't do necessarily anything brand new with the theater rhythm genre or the um, sort of, you know, guitar hero or rock band-esque genre of tapping buttons in rhythm with, with music. But I think what really steals it for me is that the, just the wide range of music from the Kingdom Hearts franchise is so uniformly good. Uh, and, you know, at worst, some of these songs are just okay. Um, but, I mean, you've also got some classic Disney songs um you've got some uh interesting plot developments towards the end um and i i overall i spent over 20 hours with this game even though i beat it in like seven um and i so i think it has a lot of replay value you can make this game some people were really worried that it's like oh it's kingdom hearts it's a but it's a theater rhythm game they're gonna make it really easy for kids it's like yeah like you can make it really easy for yourself you can have a one button style approach or you can play a beginner and it's incredibly easy then, but you can also put it on proud mode and put on performer style, and then you're really cooking because you're. And I didn't even do that, uh, but you are going to be pressing a ton of buttons. I don't know if it's through the fire and flames bad, uh, a la Guitar Hero, but it gets pretty wild on some of those songs. Um, I've a ranked almost every single uh, song on proud, um, which is what I spent most of my time doing after I beat the game. Um, but it's really fun. Um, it's just not worth 60 bucks. So I really recommend folks pick it up if you enjoy Kingdom Hearts. Uh, I, I, the music, at least. Um, I don't even think really you need to appreciate the, the storyline or the complicated characters or whatever um, to really appreciate this game. I think it's the most Kingdom Hearts has ever been divorced from its larger storyline. Uh, so it's probably one of the most accessible Kingdom Hearts games, um, even if... Even if I don't, I don't know that you should be spending sixty dollars on it. Anyone hmm. else got that game on the list? No, no, Come no on. more Kingdom Come Hearts. On. No, fans. nobody does. Nobody For does. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that brings us to Marvel. Your number eight, please. <clears throat> My number eight uh, is the other one that everyone played for about three weeks and has given up on, uh, except for a healthy few like me, and that would be Among Us. Uh, Wait a minute, that didn't come out this year. Wait a second, Marvelous Us. Uh, Well, James, uh, most of Kentucky Road Zero didn't come out this year either, but we're counting (laughs) that. So, suck it. Touche. Touche. by chance, does anyone else have Among Us on their list? I'm assuming no. I don't have it on my list, but I played it a little bit, and I okay. do really enjoy it. Okay, yeah. So I uh, everyone knows what this is. I'm not going to go into depth explaining you know, the gameplay. Uh, very, very briefly, it is a social deception game where there are uh, 10 people on a ship. Two or three of them are aliens that are trying to murder the rest. And the whole point is to lie to your friends and see if you can uh, either be the one to kill all of your friends or find the aliens who are trying to kill them. It's a very, very simple concept, but so much of the joy of this game uh, is the simplicity of it. It's getting in, having someone just like hop on their phone. It's free on, you know, phones. You can just hop on their phone, 
it's like two buttons. <laughs> Anyone can figure it out. Um, and just being able to share that with everyone. Uh, you can easily get a group of 10 people together to just mess around for a couple hours in this game. There's not much to it, but uh, anyone who's played social deception games like uh, Secret Hitler or Mafia or One Night Ultimate Werewolf, it's very much just that, where you're not playing because of the gameplay or the art or you know anything about it other than being with a group of people. And for me and many of my friends, this was the game that we all used to connect. Uh, this is what we used for weeks and weeks and weeks just to mess around with each other for a couple hours every every few days. And Look, if it's good enough for AOC, it's good enough for anybody, okay? Exactly! Exactly. <laughs> I, I will say, I, I am terrible at social deception <laughs> as a general rule, and I also do not enjoy it. So unfortunately, Among Us was a hard sell for me. But um, I, I, I enjoyed the one or two games I played. I it was kind of played with internet issues at the time, but yeah, it was all right. Yeah, and if you're a, uh, a sociopath and a murderer like me, it's perfect. You're probably going to be great at it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, pick it up if you haven't. I'm sure you have. It's free on mobile. It's like five bucks, I think, on Steam. Uh, give it a shot. It's on pretty much everything you can think of. It's coming to most consoles next year. Great. So next year it will be eligible. No, it won't be. Um <laughs> Mitch, what about your uh, number eight? What have you got? Ah, yes, my number eight, which came as a shock to me, as much as probably as much as it will to you. Uh, my number eight is Battletoads. What? I, Excuse I, me. I, yeah, yeah. What? I kid you not. <laughs> okay, Battletoads. I'm gonna... I didn't think I'd be typing tonight. <laughs> <laughs> if you'd like, Mitch, I can give you a couple more minutes. We can edit this out, and you can just come up with a different one instead. So you're still I, it's funny that you're mentioning Battletoads because I was just watching uh, Gerard the Completionist list, and he also had Battletoads on his list. So you're in good company. Hmm. Uh, oh well, okay. As long, okay. Well, if Gerard has it on his list, then I'm much more confident now. People are going to be phoning <laughs> us now asking if we have Battletoads. You know that. We do have battle codes on my list. We do. Um, <laughs> Amazingly. Amazingly, yeah. Wow, um, no, so I explain why yeah. you're so crazy. I'm not crazy about it, but I think it's it, it's kind of weird. It's like if going from games like, you know, Cyberpunk and I mean of course The Last of Us Part Two. Um I, I mean, actually, I kind of got onto this game not long after I beat The Last of Us 2 for, like, the second time or something. I mean, very similar and... themes, of course. Yeah, um, and, I mean, I, it, it's probably... <laughs> I, think I think it's there just was because a toad it's... in Last of Us Part 2. No spoilers. <laughs> I mean, probably. That's... <laughs> um, but, no, like, it, it's fun. It's stupid. It's dumb. I love the art style. The characters are lovable but also you know like dumb in that same like it feels like one of those saturday morning cartoons you just wake up to as a kid except you can play it um the gameplay itself is fine like i think you know single player which i played it it probably gets a bit too difficult for its own good in certain stages but i think the the cutscenes and writing are like they're not amazing or anything but they're just some like they're just some light, dumb fun that I could play for a few hours at a time or something and enjoy. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say about Battletoads. There's not much to it. <laughs> I feel pretty confident in assuming no one else has Battletoads. Uh huh. <laughs> you're, you're good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> in that case, uh, 
in that case, I will move on swiftly to my number eight, uh, which is Sackboy A Big Adventure. Uh, one of the launch titles for the PlayStation 5. I would argue the most overlooked launch title for the PlayStation 5. Um, oh, absolutely. It's... I, I'm genuinely kind of sad that not more people are talking about it or have picked it up. It's, James. Sorry? James, would you, would you say that you're a sad sack about it? Who <laughs> <laughs> <You> did it? <laughs> I would not. I would not say that. I wouldn't dare. Um, <laughs> genuinely, though, it's um, it, it sort of carries over that it really translates that charm of the Little Big Planet games into a 3D platformer, considering it's a, another new developer that's made it as well. It's not Media Molecule. Uh, it's Sumo Digital, um, who are also based in the UK, like Media Molecule. Um, but they really have captured the essence of those games and translated it into a genre that I find more fun than 2D platformers yeah. like uh, Little Big Planet was. And honestly, like if you're looking for co-op games... For your PlayStation 5 or for your PlayStation 4, you know, look no further. It's genuinely a, a sheer joy to play with other people or even just play on your own because it is a completely solid 2D platformer. It's got all these fantastically written and colorful characters, some of whom Don, uh, some of whom voiced by famous actors like Don French and that other guy who plays the bad guy whose name I can't remember. Um, Richard E. Grant. Richard E. Grant. Thank you, Mitch. Um, and also, there's a shopkeeper. There's a French, I think he's French, shopkeeper who is very funny. Every time you go into his shop, he makes some hilarious jokes and he's incredibly well-voiced. And it's all sort of about that character, you know, that I keep coming back to. And, you know, the gameplay is really solid and it uses music in really interesting ways. Uh, like, there's one level where it's uh, it plays Uptown Funk and everything all the items and the enemies in the level are dancing to as you go through and it's just it's really fantastic uh that's all i have really to say about it i assume i don't think anyone else has this on their list right nope that that 70 quid price point is a steep a steep ask but i'd argue it's worth it because it's a surprisingly big game there's like five different worlds you can go to and they all take a few hours to get through Hmm. um so yeah Moving on then uh, to number seven. Dory, you are up. What is your number seven? You know, my number seven comes in hot uh, from another oppressed minority besides gamers, of course, is the skaters. And this year, finally, skaters got to rise up uh, with Tony Hawk uh, Pro Skater 1 and 2 remake. Um, I promise all of my custom intros will be just as funny as that one. Thank you, um, thank you. <laughs> absolutely, that's my promise to you. Um, but anyway, uh, no, so I really love this game. I played Tony Hawk as a kid, mostly Tony Hawk Underground, um, but I did play some of the originals, I think, when I was younger. You can watch my review on the PS Premiere Video channel, plug, plug. Uh, and I was very positive on this game. Now, the game does have some janky mechanics at times, Uh, There are, I think, after a while, I think the soundtrack, as iconic as it gets, does get a little bit repetitive. But overall, um, the the single player is just such a joy to play. Um, My partner and I kind of switched controllers back and forth. That was a really fun experience. 
Um, and just that learning curve and like being able to overcome and finally being able to f- figure out how to get scores really easily made Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 uh, in the remake package like much easier to do than one. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I spent about 15, 20 hours on it. I don't think like the multiplayer or online is unfortunately anything really to write home about, um, which is which is part of what keeps it uh, holds it back from being uh, higher up on my list. Um, but, um, it's still a really good game. It looks great. The music is, you know, the music is Tony Hawk music. It's great. Um, I was, uh, just to interject yeah. here, I was actually, I think, I, I think I was a bit hotter on the multiplayer than you were. Cause I, I, I wasn't originally planning on playing any, but I played some to capture footage for your review. Yeah. And I, I, I couldn't see myself playing it for a long time, but I thought it was quite fun. Even as someone who's a bit of a novice to those games. Uh, to jump in and sort of compete against other players for scores and, and through all these fun challenges that they've got. Yeah, there were there was a, a match or two I think where I I started having fun for a second and then I think I I, th- I think I just didn't test it long enough. I might not have given it a fair enough shot because like I didn't I wasn't enjoying it at first and I had, at that point I had spent like fifteen to twenty hours on the single player campaign and I was kind of burnt out on the game I think. Um, so I think I just wanted to get like, kind of get in and out with the, with the multiplayer. Um, I had more fun playing like local co-op with Kim, uh, with my partner than, than with, uh, people online really. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it really depends on who you're playing with. I think local is probably going to be better. Um, I didn't have a lot of fun with the creative skate park either, but that's also because that's just not my jam in general. I don't really enjoy those kind of modes more generally, so that's not really saying anything about the game. Um, but I, overall, I thought this game was really fun. Um, it breathes a lot of new, desperately needed uh, life into this franchise um, and shows that good Tony Hawk games can still exist. Amazing. <laughs> Anybody else got this on their list? No? Oh, okay, that's fine. I might have had as I got to represent the skaters. Uh... Now, Marvel, what is your number seven, please? Uh, my number seven is a remake of a very old game, and by very old, I mean a PlayStation 3 game. It's Demon Souls. Uh, I don't know if any of you have gotten a chance to play it yet. I have. But, oh my gosh, there is so much I would love to say about this game, but the issue is I am not way too far into it. Uh, I think I'm about three or four bosses in at this point. That's the only reason it's not higher on my list. Uh, For those of you who don't know, because I haven't really talked about it much on these shows, um, I am a huge From Software fan. Uh, I have played Dark Souls 3. You know, Bloodborne is one of my favorite games of all time, if not my favorite. Uh, I freaking adore this whole franchise. And this was my first time getting to play through Demon's Souls. Uh, And having it be one of the PlayStation 5 launch titles... Uh, this remake that everyone has been wanting for years now was just such a a, a genius move. <laughs> because if you're one of the suckers like me who for some reason bought a PlayStation 5 on launch, you at least had this to go to. Uh, it's absolutely gorgeous. It makes incredible use of the, uh, the DualSense controller. Uh, this is one of my favorite examples. There is a part in Demon's Souls, and I think it's World 2, where there are people throwing boulders from above you uh, to try to hit you as you're walking into a building. And the first time that I really noticed the uh, the rumble, let's just call it rumble because I don't remember what they're trying to call it here, uh, where I noticed the rumble being so specific was if you turn your camera around, 
it will actually move where the boulders are hitting on your controller, like where the buzz is happening to where it is in relation to your camera. So like if you have your camera pointed directly away from them, it'll be perfectly in the back. And as you spin around, the rumble will slowly shift around your hands. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, I, I've also, I'm not as far in as you. I've also been, I've also played a bit of it. Uh, I got to the Terror Knight, which is one of the first bosses, and I have not beaten him. Mm-hmm. I'm actually, I'm actually having a hard time getting to him to begin yeah. with, because yeah. th- that that bridge just is so brutal towards him. Um, but yeah, it, it's really it for for a PS3 game. It feels incredibly smooth. I mean, obviously it's a remaster, a remake, mm-hmm. um, but it, it it does feel incredibly smooth considering its origin. Like they've yes. really done a number on it. They've really it really made it modern but even beyond that i think the level design is really clever which obviously they haven't altered at all really i don't think having not played the original it like it does feel like a ps3 game but i think it stands the test of time like the way levels flow like in dark souls games at the moment uh what from software is doing is they're sort of having these sort of metroidvania type things where you you it's kind of a linear path, but you have to go double back on yourself and that sort of thing mm-hmm. and and teleport. But at least the first level of Demon Souls, you sort of, you, there's a big gate that, that is locked and then you have to go around and make your way all the way around and come back to the same point. But there's a lever that you have to go around to gain access to that unlocks the gate. Mm-hmm. And then there's a like a checkpoint that's like literally a few hundred meters away from the last checkpoint it's just you can't access it and that's just really clever level design yeah and uh one of the most interesting things uh about this game is after you beat the first boss uh which is basically just a bunch of globs with shields i still don't know what those are uh after you beat that first little chunk you can go anywhere in the game it does not stop you whatsoever you go talk to someone up at the top of the tower and from there you can access any of the worlds that you want to so it is not only like shown as an option well (laughs) shown as a strong word they try not to tell you anything uh it's recommended to like just skip around the world so like you do world one level one and then you might do level two but then it'll say like you can keep going through here or go to world two and try to be boss one of there uh it's so easy to get caught up in the way that from software works now where it's you progress straight through a level and you just keep going and eventually you'll keep making it uh up these little checkpoints up these lamps or bonfires whatever it is in the game you're playing that when i went back to this game i almost didn't think it was an option like i thought i had to keep going forward because that is the standard for those games now uh, it just really lets you explore in a way that other from software games don't yeah um i i don't know if i would want to sort of like i said i've only done i've only gone to the tower and i don't know if i would want to sort of double back and go to the other areas because i feel like i'd end up just jumping around and not beating bosses and then just keep going oh maybe i can maybe i'll get as far as i can in this one and then go to the next one <laughs> um but yeah i started playing it and i was i was like i was saying to myself oh this isn't that hard everyone's saying this is like brutal compared to all the other ones i'm like it's not that bad. I'm making through it fine. I just killed the first boss, no problem, with some firebombs. And then I got to the Tower Knight, and he one-hit me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and that is just sort of like... 
it's just like a slap in the face. Whereas most mm. games would sort of like they sort of attune you to the difficulty. This one sort of said like it leads you on into thinking, oh, it's not that bad, and then it just like you know just yeah. slap, slaps you in the face, and it's like this is the worst game you're ever going to play. <laughs> you know? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, um, yep. Yeah, so, uh, Mitch, what's your number seven? I don't. I sorry. I I should say nobody else has Demon Souls on their list, right? Nope. 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 Okay, it was an honorable um, mention for me, but uh, yeah, Mitch, what's your number uh, seven? Uh, my number seven is, I mean, actually no, screw it. I am gonna say it's a game. Um, Astro's Playroom on the PS5. Nice. That is that is a video game. It is a video game because I mean, <laughs> it, it in a way it's a tech demo because I mean basically it's, its express purpose is to show off the you know the big features of the PS5 and especially the DualSense. But I think it, the way, I mean, I forget the which studio did it, but they the way they turned what is essentially a tech demo into, like, a fun-filled nostalgia trip for, for PlayStation is kind of incredible to me. Like, I mean, I haven't, like, you I know, I... Uh, sorry, yeah. I, I believe it was Japan Studio. Japan Studio, yeah, that's it. Um, I mean, like, I think for, like, what, I probably spent about five-plus hours in it already, even though it takes about less than two to actually get to the end screen i guess you could say yeah um i mean i've just had so much fun going through the levels and getting all the collectibles and you know just i think even like something as small as like pulling back on a rope or something and then feeling that you know feedback in the controller itself it's so satisfying and so much fun um and i mean i'd say sorry uh it's an honorable mention for me um I didn't like. I didn't even go for the platinum, but I just went through all the levels to get all the collectibles because I, they have this thing in the sort of hub world where it's a, a like a jigsaw on the wall. Yeah, yeah. Parts of it, and I just couldn't live with myself not having it completely <laughs> unlocked. <laughs> yeah, when you get the um fully completed, I think it's like the PlayStation Labo room or whatever it's Something called. Like that, yeah. When you get all yeah, like when you get all the murals and all which, of the like collectibles, which is weird. Sorry, which is weird because yeah. Nintendo Labo is the thing so. yeah that's that's what i was thinking as well like every time i see it like i know nintendo did this um well I, it, it's it's funny that you mentioned nintendo because it's this is probably like equivalent to like playstation's version of wii sports i guess in that sense where it's like it's it's that game where that you can just hand over to somebody who's never played you know playstation or the console before you can hand the controller over to them and they'll immediately have fun they'll immediately get into it and I mean, like the controller demo especially is incredible. Yeah. And it's it's probably like I've had numerous friends and family over. I'm just like, all right, try this controller demo, and then you can, you know, you can go. And then after they played the controller demo, they've wanted to play more of Astro's Playroom. Yeah. Because the thing is, like, yeah. I keep cutting you off here because there's like there's so many little bits that I want to talk about. Like, hmm. first off, there's like. Uh, I want to say that I wasn't. I I hate when games use motion controls, and this is no different. I hate the motion controls in this. I despise <laughs> them. Um, but also, there's that final boss, which I won't spoil. But it's a it's like a a very cool PlayStation homage. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had no idea that was actually a thing until I played, and I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. Yeah, I did not yeah. see that coming at all. Also, there's uh there's this bit where you're sort of playing as a you're in a, like a rolling ball that you have to move around uh, with the touchpad. Oh, yeah. touchpad. And there's a bit where you go over this rocky terrain 
and that was the first mm-hmm. moment when like the the haptics and the triggers and you know the the 3d audio and everything sort of came together and i was like wow that is that was the first like wow moment for me in that game was yeah. was going over that like just that little tiny moment that wasn't like meant to be a big moment or anything it wasn't built up just like and it just that really showed off the controller for me and, and all the features of the ps5 mm. and also the when you go into the gpu jungle level throughout the whole level there's like a, a big block thing in the distance singing the the gpu song oh my gosh and it's yeah. one of the best like there's some great soundtracks this year but that was one of the best musical moments of the year as far as i'm <laughs> concerned for sure yeah uh yeah yeah uh okay great so that's your number seven uh that was uh, not on my list but none of mentions anyone else have astro's playroom on their lists nope new no. okay uh my number seven i imagine a few of you will probably have this on your list as well uh my number seven is spider-man miles morales mm-hmm. which i will say um would have been lower if it wasn't for the absolutely phenomenal photo mode that this game has. Like, <laughs> using any other photo mode after playing Miles Morales is ruined for me. Yeah. <laughs> like, just the ability to manipulate light sources and add your own light sources to really make a character pop and stand out mm. from the environment is a, like a complete game changer in, the way, in a way that no other photo mode has been. Uh, not even Ghost of Tsushima. Like I know people will love that photo mode and praise that photo mode to to hell, right? But this is such a a bigger leap than that. Like I don't care about being able to make gifs or have all these particle effects. Leaves. Leaves. <laughs> this just being able to like being able to just nullify all the lights and just have a completely back black background and a well lit character just so effortlessly is just absolutely amazing and i feel like that's the only thing i want to talk about because (laughs) i wasn't a big fan of the writing or the way the story went and there was a lot of good stuff in the game like the way miles interacts with his community and sort of becomes a part of that community and how they react to him and that sort of thing that that game does really well but there's also a lot of weak spots like the story and but then there's also stuff like the gameplay which is just a, a step above the first game yeah and yeah just there's ups and downs which is why it's not higher or lower on this list but that's where it is for me you know that uh that venom shock mechanic with the combat is some of the most fun i have ever had playing a uh, playing a game in this style it is still very much that uh that batman arkham style combat it's very much the same block, dodge, punch, combat. But the addition of the Venom Shock is so freaking delightful. You could literally just close your eyes and nail every single hit, press that little bumper, press the square, and you just feel like a freaking wonderful superhero. I'm trying to censor myself. I'm trying to be <laughs> nice to you, James. Uh, but no... I, it makes me nervous for the next Spider-Man game with Peter Parker because I am so used to the Miles Morales combat that I don't want to go back to the uh, to the old combat. You know, it's 
yeah. really something that needs to be played to be believed. They sort of painted mm. themselves in a corner with that for sure. Uh, yeah. yeah. Can I ask where it is on everyone else's list? Um, uh, it, it's my number four, personally. It's my number six. Number two. Does anyone else have anything else to say about it? Yeah, I've got uh, tons to say about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so Miles Morales is number two on my list. Uh, this was one of the most hotly anticipated for me games of the year. Um, I'm a huge Spider-Man mark, Stan, whatever we're saying these days. <laughs> um, I loved Spider-Man growing up as a kid. Um, I uh, fell in love with Miles Morales' character through Spider-Verse, um, as many folks did. Um, I think the combat, as we've been talking about, is much improved. Um, uh, the way that side missions are handled is improved. I disagree with James about the story. I think the story is excellent um, and largely written very, very well. Um, there are some small missteps here and there, um, but I think overall it is still a very well-told sto- uh, coming-of-age story. Coming yeah. of I'm, I might story. have been too harsh on it, but yeah. <laughs> that's fine. Wait, we can disagree. That's fine. Um but uh, that's what this whole thing is about. No, right? but yeah, I, I'm just—I I still may have been, may not have reflected my thoughts entirely because I do think it's—I do think it's solid. I just don't think it's as good as the first game. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I—I think—I think it rivals the first game. I'm not sure if it—if it comes up on top or not, but I don't. For me, anyway, that didn't really matter. I loved the story. Miles Morales was such a good experience for me that I platinumed it, and I have never platinumed the game before. I came mm. very close with spider-man the original and uh a couple years before it but i didn't because of a certain annoying character who will not be named here who is too good at being annoying uh and (laughs) i absolutely did not want to do her side missions any longer um but anyway uh this did not have that character so i had no problem going through all the side missions um the only thing i didn't like for platinuming it was i had to do new game plus but that gave me an excuse to play it on the hardest difficulty which is still relatively accessible if you're doing new game plus um i mm-hmm. contra to james the the photo mode doesn't really matter to me i almost took no pictures at all <laughs> i know you um, monster i know i haven't I know. taken a but single one I, what a waste what a waste i, I know <laughs> i know um but i i freaking love this game um i i agree with marvel that i'm a little nervous what what they can even do with the next game to keep it fresh and also to make sure that people are happy and get to use get to play as miles as well because those venom powers are just amazing um i also want to point out the voice acting and the graphics even on the ps4 are stunning uh web swing of course is always phenomenal um you really feel like you're getting you're gonna stop saying anything right here um yeah uh if that's that, then can I double check? Sorry, so it was Dory, it was your number two. That was my number two. Mavel, it was your number six. Mm-hmm. And Mitch, it was your number four. Mitch, did you want to add anything? Um, I mean, really, you guys have pretty much covered all of it. I think I'm okay. in the, a similar boat with James and the fact that I think it's the story is, you know, a step down from the first game, but it still has, you know, a lot of heart to it that I can, you know, I love and respect. Um, but I and the combat is and gameplay is absolutely improved, and I have no idea how they're going to you know match that or even surpass it in the sequel with Peter. Um, but I, I think another thing I want to add in is just the soundtrack as well. With um, mm. the, I think what the little hip hop sort of tunes in the background, like it, especially like the combat sort of themes, it absolutely 
slaps, if that's the correct terminology in this sense. As the kids say. But, yeah. Yes. Yeah, as the, as the kids say, yeah, the, the music slaps pretty much across the board, I'd say. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely worth mentioning. Um, right, that, that's the end of our number sevens then. Uh, mm. Dory, what is your number six? Please. My number six is uh, a game that is four stars out of out of five. I, I, that was my really weak. Oh, I, I know what it is. Yeah, um, <laughs> it is the game that is undisputably better than Resident Evil Two Remake. It is oh the game God, that is one it? of the worst games of the oh, year. Oh, uh, <laughs> wow! It's not that anyway, bad. so James with his wrong opinions. Um, no, so this I think is I Resident dislike Evil... it more than most. Yeah, probably. Uh, Resident Evil Three Remake or Resident Evil Three the remake. Um, I yeah. played this. This was one of my first Resident Evil games as a kid, so obviously I have a little bit of nostalgia there, but. I'll, I was so young, I barely remember playing it. So there's not a ton of nostalgia, really. Um, I'm more nostalgic for RE4, honestly. Um, but yeah, so I loved RE3 as a kid. Um, I don't really mind the way that they handled Nemesis. I know that was controversial for a lot of people. They preferred um, Mr. X. I think the problem with me with Mr. X in RE2, as, as intimidating as he was, as well-designed, interesting as he was, I just got annoyed with him after a while. I'm like dude just stop following me like this is so annoying like it's it's scary at first but then you hear the footsteps above you in the raccoon city police department you're like again dude come on, we just went through this so i prefer the way they, i i prefer the way they handled nemesis with the timed cutscenes and the time boss fights i know that's not a popular opinion but it's mine um i also really love carlos and i love jill i think they have much better characters than leon and claire um, I think the story is much better. Um, I I didn't hate RE2 make, but I I didn't like it as much as most people do. Um, I I was tempted honestly to start speedrunning it because it's a very it's not super hard in terms of how to learn how to speedrun, and people have already got it down under an hour. Um, I will yeah. say against it, it's a little too pricey for what it is. It's a short game. Um, some people definitely did not like how short it was. Um, they tried to package this stupid multiplayer that I never touched. Perhaps. <laughs> um, okay, man. Everybody loves Resident Evil Resistance. I definitely <laughs> That's right. That's what it's called. I completely forgot what it was even called. <laughs> I definitely didn't write a review for it and then completely lost enthusiasm for it to actually record it and get anything nice. else done on it because the game sucks. What were you going to say, James? <laughs> I, think, I think possibly worse for me because I bought the collector's edition. Oh, oh right, you did. Yeah. Um, so that's why. See, now we've uncovered the mystery of why James doesn't like. Okay, no. Here's here's the thing, though. Here's my problem with it. The thing that I love so much about the Resident Evil Two remake, and like, I'm not a big Resident Evil mark by any means. Like, I don't have a lot of experience with the series, right? The thing that I love so much about Resident Evil Two remake is how it sort of builds that tension. Like hmm. you're going through these dark hallways. You're going through the same place and it's not scary like i'm not i don't like horror games it's not scary but it's intense <laughs> so you don't know what's around the corner it's not necessarily like you know okay i, I want to quit now because something chasing me but it's like you don't you're walking through and you don't know if a zombie's going to jump out at you and it's, it keeps you on your toes the whole way through and all of that is sort of lost in resident evil 3 remake they sort of throw that all in the bin and that was the main thing that i liked about 2 remake mm. Mm. yeah i mm. i didn't have that experience i i felt i felt definitely a lot of tension uh with the way that they handled certain enemies but um certainly they have different atmospheres um resident evil 3 ditches some of the puzzles 
um, and relies a little bit more on action, especially with the Carlos sections. I like that. um, But I understand that to some folks that's like ditching the core elements of what makes Resident Evil Resident Evil. I don't agree with that. And I, I mean, I agree that the complicated or convoluted puzzles are an integral identity, but it's not like they don't have any puzzles. It's just, they have less than RE2 make. Um, so yeah, I, I, I like that though. For me, I, I like the action more than I like the puzzles and I really enjoyed the weapons. I wish I would have gotten more into, cause I did check out the speedrunning scene for a little bit. Um, and it seemed rather fun. Um, and like I said, speedrunners got it down to under an hour, which is really impressive. So the game can be completed in like seven or eight casually. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's a great game on sale, but, uh, definitely don't buy the collector's edition. That would be a mistake. <laughs> I will say uh, if, if we had awards, uh, this one would definitely be a, in the running for me for the way that came out this year award. Mm. Honestly, I feel like that was so much of the games that came out in the first six months. Like, yeah, I think after I think after (laughs) The Last of Us Part Two, I I think a lot of stuff just became engulfed by its shadow for me. Uh, Not that I didn't appreciate or enjoy them, but but it's 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 uh, harder to honestly. This year is such a such a heck that it's it's tough to believe that like you know Animal Crossing came out this year or something. Yeah, I mean, I think that pretty much everything from March till The Last of Us 2's release kind of just has been lost in translation for so many people, just because, yeah. I mean, yeah, like, that that whole three-month period happened so so fast and so rapidly, and there was so much shit in it, and then The Last of Us 2 comes down, and it's like, oh yeah, gaming is a thing, that's right. Yeah, but, um, very, very much in that yeah. same vein of, like, Everything got lost. I'm sure this is on no one's list. Correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, Call of Duty Warzone, it, I, I completely thought that came out in like August of last year. I had memories of playing it last year, Uh, so much (laughs) so that when it was at the Game Awards, I was like, "This can't be here." If people are complaining about Among Us, what are they going to say about Warzone? And then I looked it up, and I was like. No way! I'm in the exact same boat, which is bizarre because Modern Warfare, the game that that game is a part of, didn't mm-hmm. come out until the, it, until November last year, right? Yeah. So it makes sense, but you wouldn't think it. Uh, right. So that was that was number six for uh, Dory. Mitch, what is your number six? Uh, my number six is Avengers, or Marvel's oh. Avengers. Not, the game, not yours, the not game that you scored, a six point five. A six point five is your number six for the year, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. So, how, Mitch, walk me through this, buddy. How does this math work out? <laughs> um, honestly, I just didn't play that many games this year, so frankly, I'm. I'm <laughs> And you still scored it above Astro's Playroom, can I just say? <laughs> Probably because I put in about, I mean, I, I looked at my time with the PS5, somehow 100 hours into this game. I don't know how, but wow. it says I have 100 hours into this game, so I'm just going to run with That's it. Not... Um, I will look, say, I think... like... Oh, yeah, yeah. I will say, hmm? uh, I had... Uh, I had my list of of uh, top ten games. I had uh, mm. another list of games that I enjoyed below that, and then I had another list 
of games that I didn't actually make a list of because I didn't like them that much, and Avengers was at the oh, bottom no. of that list. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Look, I think as I will say, the thing that bummed this up on my list for me is the fact that after playing this game on PS5, like PS5 is the only way I recommend people actually play this game because I've had zero crashes, zero frame rate issues. Um, I mean, you know, obviously the internal design flaws are still there, but technically the game runs as smoothly as can be on the PS5. And I am so annoyed that people had to experience it in the shit state that they did on current-gen consoles and PC. Um, But, I mean, look, I think the thing that I really still do, you know, have praise for with Avengers is that story campaign with Kamala Khan and and everyone. I think that's still by far the best, you know, part of this game. Um, I mean, even that was probably on like a 7.5 or an 8 if I was pushing it. But I think the the story definitely like outweighs a lot of the flaws I had with this game and ultimately why I didn't just abandon it after those 10 or so hours. Because, you know, and I mean, not to mention the Kate Bishop DLC came out and it was perfectly serviceable full free DLC and it had a surprising amount of content and longevity to it so I'm I remain semi hopeful for this game's future that that's all I'll say really you know to be fair to be fair Mitch it is a service game so serviceable is what they <laughs> I mean <laughs> nice <laughs> yeah it's in the name Mitch it's in the name they warned you uh, sorry I should have asked that is true. I've been forgetting to ask uh did anyone else have Resident Evil 3 or Avengers on their lists? <laughs> um, I did. Uh, well, funnily enough, I have Resident Evil 3 as my number 5, but I'll do me to talk gotcha. about that now. Or... Okay, no, okay, yeah. We can skip. We've, we've talked about that already. Unless there was something else you wanted to add. Desperately. I mean, really, I was just going to say that... Well, really, the funny thing is that, like, despite... I like it more... No, I like it less than Dory... But I have seemingly have it higher up on my list, so figure that shit out. Um, <laughs> I don't know that we can. Um... <laughs> it's your your list is an enigma, and the further we go down, the more questions I have about your list. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'd say okay, I'd say my top five are, you know, albeit Resident Evil Three, my top five are pretty solid. Mitch's number one is going to be Genshin Impact, and none of us were ready for it. <laughs> I can't wait for Immortals Phoenix Rising to be number two. No, guys, it's Godfall, obviously. Damn it, I was oh, just oh, There you go. Damn it. <laughs> I was like, wait, I'm, I'm forgetting one slightly mediocre uh, uh, looter slasher. Yeah, Godfall. Okay, uh, Dory, we're back to you already. How'd oh, you feel about that? Yes, we are. Oh, my God. Okay, I, I can't handle the pressure. <laughs> Look, all right, everyone, I have a story for you. Okay, this it's is a, your number five. Little, it's it's my this is my number five. I have a little story for you about a game called Hades. Now, this Early. game is flipping amazing. I've got I I think Nintendo is lying to me at this point. I have it says forty five hours or more, but it's been there for a while. I think I've got like sixty hours or more, and Nintendo just doesn't want me to be impressed slash horrified with myself um <laughs> you know I, I do not <laughs> do you know what is do you know what's nuts what firstly i expected you to have hades higher on your list i know yeah. me too secondly Much it's higher. also secondly it's also number five on my list 
Wow, huh. that is nuts. Yeah. Um, okay, so I will say why it's not higher on my list. All right, so I love Hades a lot. I love the combat. I love the characters. I love the story. Unfortunately, I didn't find it as deeply affecting as the rest of the games in my top five. Like, I like the characters a lot, but I don't find their narrative arcs as satisfying or fulfilling. They're good. They're well-written. There's nothing wrong with them necessarily. But they just didn't affect me as much as the storylines in my top four. Um, so that's basically what it came like my top the the other five was easier to make. This top five was so hard because honestly, like score wise, like Hades could have been my number two, honestly. Um, and, and, and it's 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 not even an outclassing thing. Like uh, the, all the games that are above Hades are not like outclassing it or are better somehow because they're triple A games. Um, you know, Supergiant made a phenomenal roguelite that even I enjoy, and I don't like roguelites. Uh, I, I don't like roguelikes or lights or any kind of rogue games because I hate starting over in games. But what Hades does so freaking well is that it makes every time you die, it makes it a, lear a, a learning experience. It usually feel like you deserve to die in some way because you messed up a, an attack or you weren't being careful, you got greedy or whatever. You know, it's the classic Dark Souls formula, right? It's like it's it's tough but it's fair um and so yeah i mean and it's the animation's top notch uh there's very little lag or frames dropped even during a lot of difficult uh gameplay or enemies the bosses are uh thrilling i mean i've spent so long on this game and i don't usually play games for more than 20 hours honestly um there's very few games that i or if I do, it's a sign that I really love a game, like with Outer Worlds or Disco Elysium or Kingdom Hearts or something. Like, um, generally, the game has to be really good to keep my attention for that long. Um, but yeah, Hades is excellent, and everybody should go play it. And uh, Supergiant deserves all the awards for game direction, and uh, not another studio. But anyway, yeah, what I really love about it is uh, the fact that like. And I, I don't play a lot of roguelikes, so this may be the standard, and I just don't know about it. I've played Dead Cells, and it didn't really have this. Um, but the way that you go about progression, progressing and unlocking stuff, it's done in such a way, like, you have multiple different currencies, and there's different things that you can unlock. So it feels like you're always making, like, a lot of prog progress all the time. You're always buffing your stats or unlocking new gear. Or even the one that I'm quite big on, you can renovate the... the, the uh, the palace or whatever it's called the place you're trying to escape you can you can like add in different rooms that you can go through because the rooms they always randomize so that no two runs are ever the same and you can like mm. uh you can pay to have like new rooms added in where you can like take a breather and heal up and that sort of thing <clears throat> and i haven't finished the game yet but i'm compelled to keep going because there's like there's it feels like there's a heavy progression there more so than other roguelikes i've played yeah um i will say so some of the terminology i mean basically roguelites are rogue games that are going to um actually keep things over death some some uh some games don't i think those are called roguelikes and then rogue oh, who like, cares? Which, it's yeah all, it's all the same it's it gets it gets silly but anyway um, yeah, Hades does a really good job at making you feel like, you know, you get something out of dying, uh, and you keep something with you, uh, and it's good to keep pushing. I mean, I want to be clear, I've, or I beat the game a long time ago, um, but I still haven't hit, there's another, there's basically an ending, another ending, and then there's like an epilogue. And so I haven't gotten to the epilogue yet, and I've spent 
almost over 50 hours easily on the game. And I'm still seeing new dialogue written, which is just bananas. Um, it, it's just absolutely wild. And um, the voice acting is amazing. And I, it, I really, honestly, this could have been my number two. It's just that a lot of the things that work really well to me just don't hit me as hard as some of the other games higher up on my list. And literally, that's pretty much it because the gameplay is pretty much perfect to me. Um, I don't think you could do a better a better job with a roguelite. I, I mean, I hope somebody does, obviously, but I don't know how they will. Does hmm. anyone else have Hades on the list? Sadly, no. Nope. No. In that case, Marvel, we'll go to you for your number five, please. Um, okay, so my number five, if you thought number eight uh, Among Us was a travesty to the year 2020 in terms of, you know, coming out this year, uh, I've got a little game hmm. called Spider-Man Remastered. Uh, uh -oh. I'm, <laughs> I'm counting this as a 2020 release because I never got to play Spider-Man PS4. Um, my first time playing through the, the Spider-Man 2018 story was in Spider-Man Remastered. Uh, I think... I'm more going to use this as a time to actually talk to you guys about this game because we weren't around when Spider-Man 2018 came out and I'm sure we all have some very strong opinions on it, but let me just get started by saying I grew up like the biggest Spider-Man fan that I think could ever exist as a child. I remember being super excited to get like a Spider-Man washcloth. That's like the dumbest thing to get excited about, but it was that level of excitement to me. The first memory I have, I think I was about three years old, and I remember sitting on my dad's lap watching Spider-Man 2, uh, specifically a train sequence in that movie. It's, it's such an important part of who I am and the person I've become today that when I got the chance to play through Spider-Man Remastered, I got a lot of those feelings again. Uh, getting to play through this story with Peter Parker and getting to see all of these villains, you know, rising up and <laughs> getting to take them down in the same character done arguably to the best he's ever been done. Uh, it's, it's just so incredible. Um, I'm sure it would have been higher on my list if it had come out, you know, in 2020 as an actual <laughs> game. Uh, but I just finished playing through that game about two weeks ago, and it still stands as one of the most incredible gaming experiences I've ever had. And now I will let you guys talk about Spider-Man 2018 because I want to hear your thoughts on it. I, yeah. what, I I feel like I wasn't as hot on it as other people when it came out. Like I'm a big Insomniac fan. I love Insomniac. <laughs> one of my favorite studios. Um, and I, I love the game. Uh, maybe not as much as other people. Like I, ha I think I had it at like an 8.5 when it came out. I think... The addition of 60 FPS on the PS5 at ray tracing and the Miles Morales photo mode just like it just brings it up to a new level. And mm -hmm. especially playing it immediately after finishing Miles Morales, I'm sort of reminded, it sort of puts in perspective the direction of that game, just how good it is. Like, I feel like it's, I like it better than Miles Morales. And that's put in stark contrast. Mm. Like that's put on full display when I go from one to the other. Yeah. And I haven't, mind you, I haven't played much of them remaster. I've played a few missions. Um, cause I spent a lot of time in photo mode, didn't get very far, but yeah, <laughs> I really, I, I think it's a great, uh, a great game. It's not on my list. Cause I've got, I've got real 2020 games to put on my list. Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I I mean, uh, I can't say much about the remaster because I haven't played it, but I did love 2018. It was one of the reasons why um, I was so excited to have a PS4 in 2018. I've already talked about how I was a huge fan of Spider-Man. I had some Spider-Man curtains uh, up for a while. I mean, I still love Spider-Man. Uh, I've got a freaking shirt uh, somewhere over there. Um, <laughs> you know, so I... I Big fan of Spider-Man, and I, I love what this game did uh, back then. Um, I mean, I remember growing up with the PS2 and playing Spider-Man 2 and being like, oh my god, they did it. I can't believe it. This is this is the Spider-Man game I've always wanted. I, I grew up hmm. playing the Neversoft uh, PS1 Spider-Man game, um, which was also amazing, but didn't have that open world um, because, you know, there was gas in the streets and stuff. You couldn't get down there. You know, it was just too dangerous. Don't worry mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Um, but I, so I was like, they'll never, this will never be topped. I'm like, I, I played that game. And then I think I played ultimate Spider-Man and I was like, oh, this is really cool. But this is just Spider-Man two with some slightly different graphics and slightly different characters. And you get to beat up Wolverine as Venom and like, what the hell? Um, but, um, and then, you know, I didn't play anything until, until, uh, 2018. Um, I missed all of those other weird titles that were, that were not, tied to movies except for i know spider-man 3 came out but nobody we don't talk about that game um just like we don't talk about that movie um but anyway so um yeah i mean i was i was a huge fan of it when it came out and the web swing is just so on point the voice acting the story is great um yeah i i don't know i don't even know what i really have to add that hasn't been said before about it it was like a nine out of ten for me at the time i can't imagine it's any worse now remastered so yeah Mm -hmm. i and like i said i almost i almost platinumed it so (laughs) that uh Mm. that final fight are we past the point of like spoilers can i say spoilers for this game now it's been two years i would mm, it depends if if it's that spoiler that's revealed very early on i'd say it's fair game uh it's related to that it's about the final boss fight um that final boss fight where it takes place specifically when you are on the side of the building i know heavy spoilers here yeah uh that is one of the most gorgeous and intense fights i think in any game i've ever played um going Mm. on it on the uh on the ps5 with ray tracing on it's everything I would have imagined. It might be my favorite uh, next-gen showcase, which is weird because it's a it's a previous-gen game. Um, but having the reflections of all of those fights going down the side of the super glassy, like, metallic building, it's so, it's so wonderful. Um, if you like the 2018 game and you've been looking for an excuse to play it, please try remastered, give it a shot. Ray tracing in 60 frames a second is something you really just, you need to, it's you need to God-like. experience. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think um, before we move on, I'll also just sort of, you know, address the elephant in the room. Peter Parker's new face is so much better. Yeah. Than the original oh, I one. agree. It's so much better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, you know, at, at first I remember we were all like, ah, I, I don't know, I'm not too sure. And then like you see it in the game mm-hmm. and then it's like, oh my God, this is so much better. What, what, what have we been talking about this whole time? Yeah. I still, I still it's... think they, I still think they could have got a better face. I, there's still points where the, his youthfulness, yeah. his youthful, his youthful look still gets me. I... But I guess, I guess there are, he's sort of on the he... same level as the old face for me. Yeah, he looks more human in this one. That's weird to, which is weird because both of them are based off of like actual like 
people in real life. Yeah, I but can't I believe think... you're insulting the original <laughs> uh, face model. Man. I, 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, whatever your name is. But, like, I think, I don't know. I just think this face model fits this Peter Parker and his, at least, you know, his... Yeah, I mean, you mentioned how he looks too young and youthful, but I think it matches his youthfulness, but also, like, at the same time, his optimism mm-hmm. really comes through a lot more, just with this facial model. Yeah, I mean, sure. that's really all I have to add, I think. Okay. Yeah. Uh, in that case, we'll move on. Uh, Dory, we've come around to you once again. Oh, jeez, uh, really? We're looking for your number four this time. Oh, because I'm Resident Evil 3, so yeah. Oh, right. Um, my number four, uh, well... Um... Something, something, ghost of a chance. It's Ghost of Tsushima. Oh. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I loved Ghost of Tsushima. I will say, first off, I am very picky about open world games. Uh, Breath of the Wild, uh, not as hot on it as other people are. Um, Sacrilege. <laughs> I, I made it four or five hours and I haven't gone back and it's been months. Um, anyway, um, so I'm very picky about open world games, but I loved this game. I loved the way that they did Guiding Wind. I think sucker punch first off they're a western studio full of i presume predominantly white people right and so i was very nervous about this game at the start of things i wasn't sure how this was gonna go but they clearly did the research they clearly love um you know the island itself and they and they got a lot of help from um you know uh and the voice cast is very rich diverse um it's it's a good it's just a great game from bottom to top um i think the gameplay is great um you know there's some aspects of ghosts that are not quite as polished as samurai but i enjoyed being a ghost pretty much throughout the whole thing um the narrative is, is excellent the voice acting is excellent uh the graphics are stunning i mean there are definitely times where i still think that opening segment where you come out of the battle and the, the title screen is right there I mean, it's just one mm. of the best part, one of the best video game things in 2020. I mean, my jaw, if I was a cartoon, my jaw would have hit the floor. Like, it, it was excellent. Um, I, I just really enjoyed my time with that game. I didn't 100% it because I think by the time I was done with the story, I felt really satisfied. But I did come back for the free multiplayer that is also excellent. Um, I didn't quite complete it. I think I'm almost raid ready. It's ridiculous. I'm like level 99 or some bullshit. Um, but I just stopped for Miles Morales, and then I lost momentum. Um, yeah. But, I mean, it, it added another, like, what, 10 hours on my gameplay? And I'd already played for, like, 30 hours. So th- this game is just phenomenal on a lot of levels. I know some folks felt like it was kind of rehashing open-world stuff. Um, but I felt like, to the extent... I know, I know. I was looking at you. Um, but, but to an extent, <laughs> I, I think it, it rehashes those elements to really good effect. Um, and it didn't, it didn't really get stale for me. Anyone else got I'm, most of Tsushima on their list? I've got as my number three. And I mean, I'd say I'm pretty much in the exact same camp as Dory. Um, I haven't finished it, but I think it's definitely like, it's one of my favorite open worlds to explore like by far, I think. And it's not even just, I'd say because of the gameplay mechanics itself, it's just because the, I think the guiding wind mechanic is probably the best thing that could happen to open worlds because you're not actually focused like even even a compass like i know i know it's basically just like you know the form of a waypoint but i think it's such a dynamic and diegetic form of just like hey you idiot go this way <laughs> um that it actually made me sort of like look at the world instead of because even 
I, like, I remember when Assassin's Creed Origins came out, everyone's like, oh, the compass is going to revolutionize open world games. You're not going to look at minimaps anymore. And then the compass just turned into a, the new minimap. Whereas I really hope that, you know, at least in the future, some developers get, you know, a bit inventive with how they build in interesting and dynamic ways of guiding the player through their open world environment. Also, okay. I think... Uh, one, one more thing. <laughs> One more thing. I think this game is probably one of the few open world, you know, story based games that actually cured the cured the um that the really annoying I guess trend where it's like, okay, you're in a mission, now you're just gonna like ride on your horse and just talk to this one character for ten minutes straight without it getting boring. This game didn't really get boring for me, at least in the story aspect of it so far. Anyways, but... that's me done. I think you wanna say something, James. <laughs> Oh, I want to say a lot of things, Mitch. Um, mm. I I reviewed Ghost of Tsushima. I gave it, I believe, if I remember correctly, an, an eight. eight. I think it was an eight. eight, which I which I agree with. Yeah, I think it's I, solid. I, I remember that. Yeah, I think it's That's a solid eight. Score. I think it's the correct yeah. score. I think it's a solid eight because the thing is, right? The story. I am gonna. I don't know if I'm gonna get like hate for this. These are probably seen as bad takes. The story is only okay. It's like it's passable. It's mm. nothing special. The characters are only okay. They're passable. They're nothing special. They're all yeah. like they're all eight out of ten. Those, or maybe eight point five out of ten. But it gets dragged down by those side activities, those uh, open world activities. They're just so generic. Like you're going about taking out enemy bases. We've done it a million times before. I like. I want something after playing games like uh, Red Dead Redemption or. You know, The Witcher 3, I want something new for my open world games, you know. I don't want to go and take down enemy bases. I want to take part in interesting stories, you know. I want to I want to go and discover stuff. I don't want to look at a, a, a map. Because you, you say, like, the Guiding Wind, it revolutionized waypoints and stuff. And sure, right? It does a lot for that. It, I Maybe I don't think it's as good as everyone else thinks it is. Because, like, I'm still looking. It's still a waypoint of sorts. I'm still looking at the world to see. And yes, I'm looking at the world rather than a mini-map. It's a little better than a mini-map. But it's not, hmm. it's not inc- like uh, amazing because you're still looking at something and and I still had I personally still had to like swipe up on the, to the touchpad every now and then to, to get the wind to you know whoosh up again, and you're still hmm. you're still looking at the map and you're still going from place to place doing a checklist, and I just think that drags it down so much, and you know the combat is great but it's it's not astounding. And just, I don't know, everything, there's nothing in that game that makes me go, wow, that's amazing, you know? I mean, I think, I think because of my persnicketiness with open worlds, I've also, you know, you mentioned Witcher 3, you mentioned um, Red Dead. You know, those are games I haven't really played because they're not, they don't really appeal to me. Um, and so I think Ghost of Tsushima was really... Um, just a much more accessible version of those kinds of games. And, you know, I don't, I don't think the combat, the combat doesn't blow me away or anything like that, but I really, I really liked it. The, the parry window always felt really satisfying to get the showdowns felt really fun and satisfying. Um, I don't think the side missions are always great, but I don't mind. I don't mind enemy bases if there's more than one way to approach it. Um, and I think with being able to do it as either ghost or samurai, it, it, freed me up to not feel too you know it definitely got repetitive but also i never felt like i had to do those enemy bases 
unless I really wanted to get like um you know a, a legendary scroll or something like that, or I wanted to get some sort of armor. Uh, it was as a part of a mission. Um, but I was always excited to like take on new enemies and take on challenges and stuff. And I think a big part of the reason why I like the game so much is I like sneaking around and going behind enemies and being a ghost and stuff like that. And so those enemy bases were always a good way for me to figure out if I could do it. I mean, I still remember in Horizon Zero Dawn, one of my favorite moments of that whole game is when I took out an entire enemy camp and i was never detected and i like i did a little dance after because i was so excited i was like oh my god i just took out every single one never got caught um you know it's not like the ai is uh, amazing there right but i mean it's it's pretty it's decent it's basic um so yeah i don't know i i found i think you're right at the first half of the game that i i didn't see what the big deal was but i think especially in the third and fourth act i think Ghost of Tsushima really picks up, and I think the characters become a lot more interesting, and so does the narrative. I think also the side stories, um, the main mm. side stories. I'm saying with the with the um, with the your... characters and everything. Yeah, yeah. I think it really uh, weaves interweaves with the main story really, really well towards the end. But I mean, I mm. I think the one of the weakest things about Ghost of Tsushima is that it's it's a uh, a bit of a hurdle you have to really get through those first two sections which aren't bad but i think i agree with you that's where i agree with you james i think they're just passable and then i think the game gets really good in a hurry but uh, whatever sure uh, and i will say I, I did say i did claim that i didn't think anything was amazing in the game i forgot about the music the music is in in places maybe not the and whole the thing. photo mode no that when the i think the photo mode's a little overrated i'll be honest Oh wow! Yeah, okay, <laughs> still, I, I mean, I mean that's what I just want to say for all of the fans out there who wanted a spoiler cast of Ghost of Tsushima. I'm not pointing any fingers, but there's a reason why we didn't get around to it. Okay. <laughs> other way, other way. No, no, no. Damn it! She she knows where the boxes are in the recording. She she got it right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Mitch is trying to confuse me. Okay, so yeah, I, I, I there are some strong points. I do think the photo mode is pretty good. Not the best I've ever seen, though. Even before Miles Morales came out. Uh, but Dory, we're still on you. Because oh, we've already heard geez. everyone else's number four, so we're on your number three now. Uh, my number three? Um, I... Okay. So we're going to go back to a time where I'm like nine or ten years old. I'm in front of this TV that's way too big for my uh, infinitesimal eyes. And I'm playing a little game called Final Fantasy VII. And I don't understand what the hell is going on. Why am I in this big train yard? How do I fight these monsters? This is really hard. I'm going to give up. And then I never go back to Final Fantasy for another like 20 freaking years. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and it's true. I had not played a Final Fantasy game since the original, uh, since I played Final Fantasy VII Remake this year. I did not expect to love it as much as I did, but... Um, I love the character so much. Um, my favorite little eco-terrorist. Um, and um, I just think the characters are charming. The graphics are amazing. Uh, some of the NPCs, you know, that's that's a little different. But for the most part, I think the game is done really, really well. Um, I'm obviously slightly biased because I already like action RPGs. Uh, Tetsuya Nomura, who also directs and writes Kingdom Hearts, wrote this one. So any plot weirdness towards the end, I don't mind. I know there's some controversy with the ending, um, but I actually really like it. Um, but I'm also saying that as someone who's very divorced from the larger 
franchise and lore. So I, I understand that, you know, I might not have the correct take here. Um, but the combat is amazing. I think everybody can agree with that. The combat is fantastic. Um, it meshes turn-based and real-time action very, very well. The boss fights are thrilling. Um, I thought the story was uh, generally really, really good. Um, voice acting was, you know, okay to to solid. Um, yeah, and the music, the music, the music's flipping amazing. It's one of the best soundtracks of the whole goddamn year. Uh, it's it is the best soundtrack of the year. That's one of the things that uh, Jeff Keighley really got right uh, and this whole board of committee there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm struggling to say anything else about this game in short, but it, sure. but this game is phenomenal, and I can't wait for the next one. It's my number two. I absolutely adore this game. Like, it is. It's hard to put my finger on. Like, there's something, there's something about the the writing and the characters specifically, that's just so special, that really latches onto you and, and grips you. And beyond that, like, there's just the pacing of the game right there's like the slow moments and then there's these big bombastic boss fights but i think the character of the game really comes out in those slower moments when you're just walking through a level with another character and talking i feel like that's what i like most about a lot of these really good games that are coming out these big triple a games when they're not afraid to take those slow moments and take you away from the action and i think i've I've mentioned that in my review as well because i also reviewed this one it, and it just it does a lot of that really well and even as someone who didn't play the original final fantasy 7 you know i came away from this just being astounded and i can't wait for the next part either because you know there's some controversy around the ending of the game but i personally just i'm just on a cliffhanger i can't wait to see what happens next i can't wait to see what everything means because there is a lot of confusing stuff at the end of that game and i know there's also a lot of controversy about the game we seem to have lost mitchy's video but i'm sure we'll get it back soon there's also a lot of controversy uh around the game not just being the whole final fantasy 7 story and just being the first part of it the midgar part but i think like playing through the game like it more than shows why it deserves to be its own thing like it, it why it stands on its own and I think, like, if they nail the second, third, or fourth, or however many parts they do of this, if they nail those parts, like, this could be one of the best video game sort of series within a series. Like, this could be one of the best video game series of all time. I I will say, by the way, the reason it's not a little higher on my list is because there are a couple portions I feel are a bit of padding. Um, there are a couple of sections I found very frustrating. There's a part where you're playing cloud by himself and he has to attack these enemies that can go in the air. And I completely like lost myself at that stuff. That stuff got real frustrating. But I think generally speaking this game, I almost considered going back and playing it on hard mode. And I've, I've already emphasized this enough, but I don't usually spend a ton of time on games. Like I usually finish them and then I'm good. I'm not a completionist, not a hundred percenter, but I really did consider getting a hundred percent on final fantasy seven. I really did consider playing it again the whole thing on on um uh on uh on hard mode and i mean one of the reasons i didn't is because of all those crawl through spaces or or whatever they call them um which final fantasy 7 is kind of played with but yeah i i don't know i it's 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 an excellent game and i don't i couldn't care less that it's not the whole final fantasy 7 story because they they really made it worth your time and worth your money 
Um, and I never expected to get invested. I mean, when I saw the trailer um, for the new Final Fantasy game, I was actually kind of excited. I'm like, why? I'm getting excited about Final Fantasy game. This is very strange to me because um, I haven't done that in, like I said, a long time. Yeah. Uh, I, I just really, really love those characters. I think they're absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Mavel, your number three, please, sir. Uh, my number three is not a PlayStation game. I'm sorry to break the trend. Uh, it is Phasmophobia. Uh, have any of you given that game a shot yet? Not yet. Nope, not up my alley, I'm afraid. Yeah, <laughs> Okay. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, uh, Phasmophobia is a multiplayer ghost detective game. That might be the best way to put it. Uh, the goal of the game is to, uh, enter a house or a school or a prison and try to figure out what kind of ghost is haunting it. Uh, you're not trying to kill the ghost. You're not trying to uh, get it out. You're simply trying to go in, figure out what it is, and try to survive uh, the experience. And for me, this has taken the spot of Among Us, where it's me and a couple of my friends, you know, playing along with this game, uh, but it's managed to keep our attention. There is a uh, there is a gameplay loop there where you genuinely can see yourself getting better. Uh, leveling system, it means nothing. <laughs> After you get past eight levels, you've unlocked everything there is to have in the game. Um, but the whole purpose is to solve what the ghost is, get money, buy equipment, so you can solve the next ghost and keep going. And there's only like five or six maps, but it changes every single time. Uh, it is <laughs> genuinely terrifying if you're playing it by yourself. Uh, if you've got a, a fun group of friends there, it's easy to eliminate it. And one of my, one of my favorite things about this game, um, it is playable in VR, and that's how I've been playing it for the last two weeks or so. Uh, like I said, I've been playing this for months now with my friends, but... <laughs> I had an experience last night uh, that bumped this game up to the number three spot. I had walked into this house uh, with a couple of my buddies. One of them had stayed in the truck because they were the one that spent the most money on equipment for uh, our whole expedition this time. And the other one had gone inside with me to try to investigate and figure out, you know, what we were dealing with. As one of the hunts started, you know, your flashlights are going, I'm, I'm playing in VR, so I see this all happening around me. Uh, I start hearing footsteps coming behind me on the stairs. <laughs> My friend Andy, he's walking down with me, and I turn around right on time for him to say, oh, see you, Marvel. And immediately I see him get lifted into the air and just getting strangled on the steps and dropped right down in front of me. And then the hunt stops, and my friend in the car is shouting at me, Hey, are you okay? Are you okay? Get out of there. Get out of there. And in that moment, my brain could not tell the difference between what was reality and what was the video game. Everything in my body started shaking. I, I couldn't handle what I was looking at. I knew it was a game, of course. Uh, but in that moment, I couldn't feel the difference. And the only thing that brought me out of it and got me to keep going was my friend as the ghost picking up a little yellow cup 
and putting it down the stairs repeatedly to try to get me to laugh. He entered the call, the Discord call we were in, and was like, hey, Marvel, look at this. And then he just kept dropping it over and over again. <laughs> and eventually that got my spirits up to the point where I felt I could go, you know, up this set of stairs. My, my friend in the car was screaming at me like, it's not that scary, dude. We've been playing this for three months. You can handle this. But I, 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 I was broken. I couldn't move. It was such an incredible virtual reality experience that it is probably one of the coolest things I've ever felt in a video game. I was then killed uh, and it was left up to my poor friend <laughs> in the car who had gotten all of our money to come in and take pictures of our bodies. Uh, but man, just that experience alone, it's really something everyone should give a shot. Even if like horror games aren't up your alley, it's not something that either of my friends are into either. Neither of them like scary games, but uh, get a get a group of people together. I think it's like fifteen bucks, and just go in and play the first, you know, ten matches or so. Try to get some money. I, I promise you, it is worth your time, and it is easily my number three favorite gaming experience. Honestly, as someone with Please. minimal knowledge of the game, you've kind of convinced me. I feel like I need to play this now. Yes, can, please. I can definitely see why it's so high on your list. Um, mm. Quick. Quick question though is is the end goal for getting money in the game a lucrative one year deal with TLC for a ghost hunting <laughs> show? <laughs> that would have been incredible, and I need to see that in a future update. <laughs> uh, I, I assume nobody else has this on the lists. Nope. Okay, in that case, I'll move on to my number three. I, I'm surprised none of you. I'm, I'm not maybe not surprised, but disappointed that none of you have had this on your list this far uh, thus far my number three is media molecules dreams which came out in early access last year but it came out officially it came out officially this year so it's eligible right it's 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 another one of those games that kind of fell into the void of you know early 2020 games yeah 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 uh, but it came out officially in 2020 and Honestly, like, there's so much I could say about it. It's like, and I've said it a million times already, it's like the YouTube of, of video games. And it really is, like, even if you don't have any interest in making games or making or trying out the creation features in it, there's still so much enjoyment you can get out of it just playing other people's things. And it's not only games, right? People make music. People make uh, short films. Like, I just... Earlier today, I, I was on Dreams... And I was looking up sort of Christmas stuff because I was getting festive. Um, and I saw this animated short uh, I, which involved uh, these two uh, adorable little creatures which who didn't talk uh, and a snowman. And uh, I won't spoil like the, the plot of this uh, like little short, run, but it was genuinely like uh, some, it was so sort of endearing. It was genuinely like uh, one of those sort of Pixar disney pixar shorts that you'd find on disney plus or something like that and like Hmm. it like it's a game that very much relies on the talent of its user base but that user base has a lot of talent even off the bat and like just it's so interesting as well looking at the stuff that the community made early on compared to the stuff that they've made now when they've had more time like the games that you, like there's so many more games and the games have so much more depth and there's so many sort of bigger games in it and yeah it's just it's the certainly probably the most interesting thing on my list because it's technically not a game it's a creation tool but it's 
done in such a way that there is a game there and there is actually a game there there's a campaign which is just sort of thrown in with all the other creations but it's called art's dream mm. and it's like a campaign made by media molecule it's nothing incredible uh but basically you play as uh this guy art uh and he's trying to get his mojo back or something like that and he's uh it's all very musical and it's like uh it's like a bad trip really it's or a good trip even <laughs> uh it's basically it's like you're on acid and a lot of stuff goes down it's very short it's a few hours and then at the end there's this musical number uh and it's a cover of time moves slow by bad bad not good (laughs) and it's one of the best musical moments of the year for sure uh it's just really and like not even just because the cover is really good but the video sort of thing that goes along with it is just it's so hard to explain because like it does so much interesting visual stuff but it i just i dreams is a bottomless hole of just sheer joy and like it it had to be that it had to be high up on my list at some point it's not above my number one pick or final fantasy 7 because i just adore those games but uh it's 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 just incredible anyone else played it got it on nope. the lists nope nope I, what can I say except what's wrong with you all of you <laughs> there's a free demo come on the crazy thing is it's like right up my alley I've just never taken the chance to like actually bite the bullet and get it I mean everything I've seen from it looks just incredible uh, and I'm sure one day I will get around to it. Maybe if they ever do a PC port, I might give it a shot. If they do a PC and do VR, that seems so perfect. If I can convince you, because there's yeah. also VR support. Um, mm-hmm. And I think they are planning on putting it on PC at some point, probably. Um, it's like, it's one of those games where, and this is certainly how I play it. You can just jump in for 10 minutes at a time, see what's new, and then jump back out again. I mean, I'm not joking. It really is like, because everything's so short on it. Because everyone just makes like something they've got in their head. And then it's usually all like little small ideas that people have. So you just jump on, play a couple things and, and jump off again. And it's it really is like YouTube in that way. Where you can just use it to sort of waste time. And everything is just so interesting. Like, it's very rare that you come upon a game in Dreams and you play it and you think that wasn't worth my time because everything i i feel like even the stuff that's less interesting you just you click on it you go oh this isn't gripping me and then click off it and go and find something else <clears throat> there's just so much appeal to that uh so yeah definitely i mean give it a try there's a free demo so give it a try uh <laughs> that's my number three so now uh marvel we're back to you Oh, wow. Uh, for your number two, please. All right, and I'm ready to uh, take all of your number ones. The Last of Us Part Two is my number two game uh, of the year. The elephant uh, in the room. Number one, you sacrilege. Fool. My number sacrilege. one is actually Frog Detective Episode One and Frog oh, Detective Episode man. Two. I got you. Ah, no. Jokes on you. My number one's Godfall. You yeah. chump. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Marvel. So, uh, say your last words before we boot you from this call. Uh, see you later. <laughs> no. <laughs> wait, wait a second. Wait, wait a second. Because I know what your number one is, uh, which means that's going to be the last game we talk about on this part. But just to get the elephant in the room out of the way, 
Dory's your number one. Mitch, it's your number one. C. And it's also my number one. Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess this what? is the uh, the big Wait. Last of Us Part Two segment. Mm. Let's kick mm. it off. Yeah. Who wants to go first? Uh, I I knew I was going to be taking this away from all of you, so I will let all of you have free <laughs> reign. <laughs> Joy. Absolute monster. Absolute monster. <laughs> I've already talked a lot. I, I feel like I've gone a lot lately. Somebody else want to go? Mitch? Mitch. Um. I mean, honestly, I kind of talk best on a bounce off of one of you guys, but I think I, I The Last of Us Part Two is kind of like it's kind of weird that a game that's so dark and bleak in a year that is so dark and bleak still managed to be one of the best things to come out of this year in like in general, like video game wise. I think you know it's not without its controversies, of course, but I think. Uh, and the, the game has flaws. Like, it's not perfect, oh, yeah. but I think the stuff that it does well, it does fucking amazingly well. Yeah. yeah. Like, story, characters, acting, um, debatably, being, um, gameplay as well. Like, it makes me huge leaps, like, in, in gameplay wise. There's so many huge leaps um, past the first one. And then, but I think as well, it makes a huge leaps in maturity i think from the first game like this feels like a much more mature and down-to-earth game than the first one ever did like yeah. i wouldn't imagine 2013 naughty dog having the same level like quality of writing and themes and depth like emotional depth back in 2013 as they do now it's it's just so it's like it like you say it's not a happy game but it's so like emotionally challenging in ways mm. that, like, the first game, by all means, has like dark themes, right? Oh, and like, I think, I think I, I was one of many people who didn't want them to make a sequel to that game because I thought that ending of that game just stood on its own so well. It still does, uh, as yeah. well, But yeah, and then, but then, the and I was like, are they going to ruin it? Are they going to ruin that ending by making a new game? And then it came out, and I played it. And it broke me for <laughs> like a month. Mm. And it is, it's now not only my favorite game of all time, it's my favorite piece of media, full stop, that I've ever mm. watched, played, what, what have you, you know? Like, yeah. It just, it builds on the foundation of the first game and on those characters. And it, it twists your emotions in such a way, like, it uses that. It uses your connection to the first game. To really and, just twist you, yeah, and and I I love it so much. Mm. Yeah, like it absolutely. it goes in directions you don't expect. It's it's bold. It, it it makes it makes decisions that are not safe. Like you know, a game this budget, you would forgive it for making safe decisions. You know, trying to play to the whole audience and make mm. it a game that everyone loved. But they didn't do that. They made interesting choices. They took the story in an interesting direction, in multiple interesting directions. Mm. And it mm. paid off. Like, the game is better for it. Yeah, yeah. I think I... Because I think everyone can universally agree that at least, you know, in their first time running through, they had 
to be as vague as possible, there were some doubts about how the game would go past the second half. But then when you get to that end point, you kind of look back on the whole experience and go, that was really well done. You know, like to put it lightly, like that, I wouldn't have had it done any other way. And I think, and I mean, like not to delve into the controversy too much, but I think like, like after reading like a couple of like the big Last of Us Part 2 rewrites, you can just tell that none of them none of them respect the characters in the way that they should. Like, The Last of Us Part Two, like, it it respects the characters in the sense that they are true to those characters. Like, yeah. you know, like they, might not act, they might not treat them well, but they respect them in the way that this makes sense for, you know, this makes sense for Ellie, this makes sense for Joel, etc., etc. So I think, you know, you know, I think what this game really shines in is the fact that these characters you can tell are special to the writers and everyone involved and they did their damned best and like yeah you know i it's the same with the first game it's not a new thing but like they are very much like human beings and human beings have flaws and those characters have flaws and they're on full display nobody expects you to think that those characters are like saints or that nobody expects you to agree with their decisions but they expect you to empathize with their decisions and see their point of view and see why they're doing the things that they do and understand that. And they do that so bloody well. Yeah, yeah I think like um... the, the... Sorry, the term... I'll say one last thing, sorry. I think the term ludonarrative dissonance like really comes to mind when you think about this game. And it's... Like, I, it, it's kind of... It's a weird thing that this game does where it's like, it's fully... Like, you don't have Ludo, like, Ludo narrative dissonance is on full display in this game, but they weaponize it, in a sense, that that's the point. Like, they want you to be sort of distant from the actual emotions of the characters, but at the same time, they want you to, as you said, empathize with the characters and understand what they're doing. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I'll, uh... Say a couple things. Yeah. First off, I, I know I said jokingly that Frog Detective One and Two is my number one, uh, but I just want to say those are actually very cute, wholesome games, and they're real games, and you should check them out. Uh, so absolutely no disservice <laughs> to the creator. Also, can but, I just uh, can I just interject real quick? Sure. I don't know. What, I don't know what Frog Detective is, but there are multiple games in Dreams that somebody's made called Pig Detective, and I think they're actually quite fun. <laughs> oh, I don't know. If the Haunted related, Island, but... a Frog Detective game. Yes. Uh, they're both, they're very cute, very funny. Um, but anyway, uh, yes, Last of Us Part 2 is at? my actual number one. Um, I cried when I started playing this game because I couldn't believe that I was actually playing it. And I know that makes me sound like the most, I don't know, fallen of, of Last of Us fans at this point, uh, given the discourse and what it is. But And, and this is going to be my meteoric hot take of, of the... Of the um, this this whole thing maybe Mm -hmm. but i mean i really think last of us part two when you were talking about how it defied expectations like that it really reminded me of the discourse around the last jedi and also like that basically the last of us two Mm -hmm. did what the last jedi wanted to do i like the last jedi but i think what the last of us two did a lot of what that whether you like it or not i think uh, they were both trying to get the same thing across where they're trying to subvert expectations 
and they're not necessarily trying to appeal to fan base. They're not making safe decisions. And I think The Last of Us 2 did that so consistently and excellently. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I there was a point where I think at, 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 at one point where I was like, I don't know if I agree with like how long this game is running or, and there were a couple of like later uh, game bosses that I didn't have a lot of fun with. Uh, and so at one point it was like a nine out of 10 for me, but then I reached that ending and I was like, it's a 10 out of 10. And I, I like, mm. I just, I kept, I kept shout, like I must've sounded absolutely <laughs> bonkers. Like I'm in my, uh, fucking room and I'm just shouting like, I can't believe they did it, you know? And, and it's just absolutely wild that they pulled this off and that yeah. this, it, I, it, it, I don't want to say too much. I won't say any spoilers at all, but there is a, uh, a, a an element of empathy that we've been touching on that this game really wants to get through to you. And it a hundred percent worked on me to the point hmm. that I was completely on another character's side by, by the time that the game wanted me to. Um, and, and it's just, it does it so damn well. Um, you know, Naughty Dog has their problems and this game is not flawless. But overall, I mean, this was the best gaming experience of 2020, and it's one of my favorite games of all time. And what's, yeah. what's interesting is if I can just... I think it's funny uh, for audio listeners, like, when Dory's talking about the ending there, we're like, the, I love we're all on the same page. We're like the bobbing head gang. We're all just nodding yeah. along. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I think it's interesting that by the end you were like rooting for one character and i think i was rooting for another but we still both got to that same point yeah and i loved the game just as much um but yeah like i i got to the end of that game and i remember thinking like i remember thinking when i finished that game thank fuck mitch is the one reviewing this and not me because i really (laughs) (laughs) i really don't think i'm in a position to be like i need to process my thoughts on this for like Mm. a few days at least before i I can talk about like that's the only time i've ever finished a video game and thought i don't want to talk about this you know if I can say, you know, something yeah, here. Hey, Marvel, isn't this your pick? Yeah. <laughs> That's I, weird. yeah. This is my pick. I, there, at the ending, um, there was a moment as soon as the game rolled credits. Uh, you know, I played through the first game and the second game with my sister. We played them back to back, both experiences for the first time. And I can only compare it to uh, being in the theater at the ending of Infinity War where everyone just had this this quiet agreement to not shout, not clap, not say really anything, but to just kind of sit there and take it all in. Uh, and when this game finished and it rolled credits, my sister and I, we'd been cracking jokes the entire game. We were, we were shouting, hooting, and hollering at every single kill, being as bombastic as we could. The second that it rolled credits, we just were silent. And we didn't say anything. And we both just stood up after like two minutes of watching the credits. We just like waved to each other. We said goodnight. And <laughs> we just parted ways because it was it was an experience where neither of us had decided what we had felt on it yet. Uh, it, it, mm. it puts so much in your direction at the very end where you need to take time to think about it. You don't want to just say something right off the bat. Uh, I think we, we took like 20 minutes and eventually... I, I looked at her and I just said, I think this might be one of the best games ever, but it also <laughs> might be bad. And she was like, 
I agree. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. Everyone is going to walk out of that game with a different feeling, uh, with a different experience on exactly what they they wanted from it and what they got from it, and mm. it's perfect that way. Uh, the game has a lot of issues, but having a game where everyone who goes through it will have their own opinion on it in such a strong fashion, like you you pointed it out best. At the end, you were rooting for one character and Dory was rooting for another one. And you still both came away like, this is what we wanted. And, and you both came away satisfied with what you had played. Um, it's something that I think only Naughty Dog could pull off uh, to this degree. And it really deserves all the love it's getting. And not as much of the hate, but some of it. Mm. Yeah, well said. Um, does anyone else have anything to add on The Last of Us Part 2? I pretty good. I, I, pretty yeah. good. <laughs> it's all right, you know. Yeah. It's all right. It's fine, you know. Um, I think I will just say though. I think the whenever like someone just mentions the ending, I have that you know that final little guitar string song mm. at the very end of the game. I have that like ingrained into the back of my brain at this point. Like if someone mentions the ending or if I hear that music, I just immediately have a vietnam flashback to like me experiencing that ending for the first time and the mm-hmm. the just um emotion i felt from it yeah. but it's yeah it's that powerful of a game honestly yeah. I can't that's, say anything that's the thing like I'm, I'm actually kind of worried that as time goes on and as i replay it more the emotions because a lot of it is based on sort of surprise of thing of not knowing where it's going and mm. being surprised when it goes in the ways you don't expect yes i am very sort yeah. of worried that the more i play it the more sort of nullified those emotions are going to be. And, I, <clears throat> and I'll sort of forget how it made me feel that first time. Hopefully not, yeah. but yeah, it, there's a lot of it is based, I think a lot of it is based on that first playthrough. I think that first playthrough is always going to be the strongest. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think, I mean, I'll, I'll, I guess I'll just cap off this segment with like just saying where I'm at with the game at the moment. In my current playthrough, I am, and I, it's been this way for about two months and I haven't, you know, had the i guess you could say courage to pick it up i'm right at i guess you could say just before that final scene i don't want to say i don't want to say where but like just before that final scene with the big emotional impact and i just haven't wanted to pick it up just because i don't know if i want to go through that sort of ring of emotions again (laughs) but it's like it's a it's a damn good ending i'll just i also i i basically played the game twice more or less Mm. i i pretty much got to i won't say anything specific but i I pretty much got to that last part of the game i I think everybody knows what i'm saying but but basically you know where it's a lot sunnier often um and um i stopped a little bit short of it because honestly i had done i was playing on hard mode not grounded i don't think grounded had come out yet and i had played you know put another like 10 (laughs) hours or whatever into it um and i felt really satisfied where i was you know i i didn't feel like i needed to experience that again i didn't feel like i needed to experience that part of the game um you know there are definitely parts of the game where i felt like i there's a part of us i think that that wants the game to end at a certain place and says the game would be better i know there are fans out there who definitely believe that uh wholeheartedly i think they're wrong Mm. they're absolutely incredibly wrong uh, and I don't, and I don't, and I think this is a case of people not actually knowing what they want because I think 
what we think we want is a really, really clear-cut happy ending. And then we have to remember this is a Naughty Dog game, and that's not how it's going to work, especially in the Last of Us universe. Um, you know, uh, I want my freaking – oh, I can't even say it. Spoiler. Um, but anyway <laughs> – it's 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 a tremendous game and it's a tremendous effort and I I hope they don't make another one for ten years if they ever do. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, with that said, to round us off for part one <laughs> of our game of the year uh, thingy, Majig, whatever you're calling this, Marvel, your number one pick, please. My number one pick for game of the year is Half Life Alex. Which you put hey. above The Last of Us Part 2 on a PlayStation podcast. Yes, I did! <laughs> it's a statement. Tell us why. I have, I have got balls of steel for that choice. I, do you mind if I give a little bit of backstory? And by a little bit, I mean this is there's going to be a good chunk, but it's important to explain why it had the impact it did on me. By all do means, it. but yeah, no okay, spoilers, because okay. I'm going to play do, the do, game do. very soon. Of course. Uh, so, back in... I believe 2014, early 2014, uh, I started playing this little game uh, that pretty much no one has ever heard of, and this is genuine. Uh, it's called Galaxy Warfare. Uh, it's this little online MMO. Uh, you fly around in a gridded space. I'm not going to go into details on that, but I made a couple of friends, um, and we decided to start working on a project that we called uh, Anti-Trooper 1. And... The whole purpose of this project was to uh, assemble, you know, us three and a group of other people to make a mod for Half-Life 2. Uh, that is a game that up until that point, I had never seen. Uh, and so making these friends uh, got me to experience Half-Life 2 for the first time. And as I was growing up, you know, ever since 2014, it's been about six years, I have been slowly getting more and more into Half-Life as a franchise, and these people uh, have been the people that I've been working with creatively for the last six years at this point. Uh, um, I grew up with them, and I grew up with Half-Life, and so our, our friendship sort of merged into this thing where there is a Half-Life game existing, then our friendship just spontaneously comes back, and it, and it puts us back in that uh, nostalgic state of, of uh, 2014 and, and seeing all of this for the first time. Uh, so needless to say, I have been following Half-Life uh, Alex, or as it was then known, Half-Life VR, for about four or five years at this point, ever since the first uh, Strings of Code were released. And so it's been a four-year-long build of me learning more and more and more about this game and still not quite knowing what we were going to get. And the day that it released, I believe it was March 12th. You can, uh, you can check me on that, but I believe it was March 12th. Around I remember getting off of work and loading the game. Uh, it's one of the few games I pre-ordered. Loading the game and just standing there staring at Steam, waiting for it to like finally let me boot up. March 23rd. And... Dang it, I was so close. <laughs> Thank you, James, for making me There's like a, a full fool. I... But yeah. <laughs> So, I got into the game, uh, I saw the title screen, and I just remember being hit with a, a wall of, oh my god, this is, this is actually happening. Uh, and 
I don't know if you've seen the uh, the intro to Half-Life, Alex, and I'm going to get into very light spoilers here and some mild spoilers in a, in a minute or two. But you load in and you're looking over City 17, uh, which is the city that you spend all, most of your time in Half-Life 2 and, and its you know sequels in. And getting to actually look around this world and, and put my hands on it and walk through it and, and see it just come to life around me i started tearing up like a little like a little infant baby you know seeing their mother this is a freaking game and without anything really having happened i was just struck with so much you know love and joy and the further you go i mean it's only like a 10 hour game you can beat it in two playthroughs uh, I beat it in two days because I pretty much binge played it. Um, there is so much that happens that I will never forget. So many experiences that could only happen in VR and, and things that are really going to push that medium forward forever. It's, I mean, it's visually stunning. The gameplay is so nice. <laughs> it's, it's nothing like incredible if you're looking for pure gameplay it go to boneworks if you're looking for the best vr game go to half-life alex uh there are moments that could only be achieved in vr and and one that comes to mind is the one that broke my uh my oculus touch controller if i had it next to me i would show you there is a blind zombie and james i'm sorry i am spoiling this for you there is a blind uh, zombie segment uh about halfway through the game. And the whole purpose of this is you cannot make a sound, otherwise this zombie will find you and melt you into a little puddle. And my experience with this made me so nervous and anxious that there is a scene where you are standing in an elevator with this blind zombie. <laughs> and your goal is to just take your pointer finger and press an elevator button that's about an inch away from him. But he is banging his head into the wall, screaming and groaning, lights are flickering, and my hand was so shaky, <laughs> like, from just pure terror, that as I went to go press that button, I accidentally poked him instead and got eaten by this terrifying freaking monster here. And that was the moment that I, I, I finally opened my hand from my touch controller and I realized I had been holding on to it so tightly without realizing it that I had broken the spring inside of my, my VR <laughs> controller and the grip button no longer came back out. It, it's just so much pure... Uh, so much pure emotion. You know, things you can only really experience for yourself come through the VR medium and Half-Life Alex pushes it forward in a big way. And I won't spoil the ending. I, I saw you've been playing the Half-Life games again recently, James. Uh, I don't know if you Try finished. Yeah. Have you I, beaten I finished, either of the episodes? I finished episode one. I'm, I just have episode two to go, then I'm on to Alex. Okay. Do you yeah. know what happens? Like, have you been Don't you dare tell him. I'm not, not, not going to tell him at all. I'm just like, just <laughs> yes or no, yes or no answer. Do you know anything about Half-Life before going into the series? Uh, oh, uh, at this current point. Anything about what, just the games? Yes or no. The games in general? Or like the story? I've, I've played through all the games up until episode one. Okay, so you don't know anything. Cool, cool, cool. Wait, yeah. that's on uh, the <laughs> No, you, you will understand this in a minute. So, 
yeah, please play through episode two and then completely play through Half-Life Alex. Do not touch Half-Life Alex until you play through episode two. There is uh, some stuff that happens towards the end, which made me legitimately <laughs> cry. It made me bawl my eyes out because I realized <laughs> what they were doing. And it is so inspiring in a terrible way, I'd say, uh, for a Half-Life fan because... They're making moves, and you can see what's happening next, which for many reasons I won't spoil, but uh, you are going to be seeing more Half-Life very soon, and that is what I will say regarding the ending of that game, and I really, really want to know what you think of it when you play it, because <laughs> it is uh, easily my, my favorite experience of the year, and I will never forget my time playing this game. So to summarize... Half-Life Alex tops out The Last of Us Part 2 on your list because of an elevator. Yeah! No, <laughs> because of many things that happened, but the elevator scene is the one that James, you clearly have not listened to uh, the Game of the Year discussion from MinMax when they're discussing their best moment. Uh, yeah. but that, that's <laughs> yeah. mentioned in there. There, there are some... They get into a big, yeah, huge thing about The Last of Us I have, 2. I have listened to Alex. it. That's okay. Oh, you have? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think that caps us out for the first part of this. Uh, that's all our individual lists. Mm. Uh, I think with the, uh, the Last of Us Part 2 is very high up there for all of us, unsurprisingly, perhaps. I think we all knew that was coming. Yep. <laughs> um, you know, apart maybe, apart from know. that, really, quite a diverse list of lists. Uh, does anybody have any honourable mentions that, hasn't been, that haven't been brought up already oh, yeah. that they want to mention real quick? I did want to real quick mention a couple honorable mentions. Um, so I've already said Fall Guys, but I also want to uh, point out Spiritfarer, um, which I played this year. Um, very fun, very cute, wholesome game. You can hug animals for heck's sake. Um, it's a management game, um, so I kind of fell off it after nine or ten hours, but then my partner loves, loves, loves the game. It's her game of the year, uh, just in case you were curious. Um, and uh, she put in another like 20 hours or so, loved the game, finished it. Um, but I still, I thought it was very cute and charming and manager games just aren't for me. And then Ring Fit, I have been playing lately. Um, I, uh, did that I come out this year? Had a really, what's that? Did that come out did, this year? Did, Ring Fit didn't come out this year, I guess, but I've been playing it this year, but I just wanted to honorable mention it and just say I've been having a blast with it. Um, but, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Marvel, you got any honorable mentions? I've got nothing. I could barely scrunch together a top 10. <laughs> okay. Mitch. I'm with Marvel. I'm with Marvel. Uh, I can as, barely scratch together a top ten list. As for me, uh, my honorable mentions are Fall Guys, of course, uh, Blood Roots. I wanted to mention Blood Roots, which came oh. out earlier in the year. I have a review written, might be going up as a video at some point. I'm not sure when. Um, I think Blood Roots is a really good sort of. It, it's weird. It's this indie game where it's one of those like you die in one hit kind of deals. Uh, and you're going through these various stages or picking up weapons as you go uh, and just like you're hit, you're killing people with fish you're killing people with guns you're killing people with stacks of hay on fire you're killing people with everything uh, and it's just it has a really strong sort of gameplay loop I think there's another game that I'd compare it to that I can't I can't remember what it is but I know there's another game that I, I'd compare it to that has a similar sort of gameplay thing um but uh, yeah, it's, that was a lot of fun. Uh, also, Inertial Drift, which there is a review on the channel for. Uh, that's, this one would have flown under everyone's radar. 
basically just sort of an arcade racing game with an interesting mechanic where you steer with the right analog stick. No, you, you steer with the left analog stick and you drift with the right analog stick. So you use both analog sticks for turning, really, and there's a lot of dynamics that, that like that feeds into the gameplay in such a way that it makes for some very interesting gameplay that works in tandem with the, the level layout and that sort of thing. Uh, so that one's a lot of fun. Demon Souls, Astro's Playroom, Microsoft Flight Simulator. Uh, okay. Jesus, dude, how many games do you have? <laughs> <laughs> I play a lot of games, okay? Uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator, not a game per se. I mean, it's technically a game. I don't know if I... I didn't, I didn't put a score on it because I don't know if I'd call it a game. But it's it's basically the, the world's most advanced photo mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really quite something. You can go anywhere in the planet. I mean, I, I don't need to say I, I don't need to say anything else, so I won't say anything else. You can go anywhere on the planet. Okay. Uh, and finally, Ghost Runner, uh, which is a fun little game. Another one where you sort of die in one hit. Uh, another short experience. I put I put it in that double A sphere where it's not quite triple A. It's not quite indie. Uh, it's a little the the story is a little nonsensical and boring, but the gameplay loop is a lot of fun, if a little annoying. Uh, basically, uh, sorry, you can go ahead. You can go ahead. I was just gonna say, basically, you're running around as a ninja, slicing people up. Uh, I did just come up with one that I wanted to do an honorable mention for. Uh, I completely sorry. forgot about this game until uh, five minutes ago when it randomly popped back into my head. Uh, the Nintendo Switch game, good job. Uh, Nintendo Shadow dropped that one, and it, it came out of nowhere. I remember picking this game up after hearing uh, them talk about it on the MinMax show, and they were just like, oh, it's it's such a, a fun little game, and that is the best way to describe it. I mean, it's nothing incredible, um, but it is certainly a great way to spend an evening with friends or family. You can give them a controller, run around, and completely destroy an office building. That's just the core of the game. That's all you need to know about it. it uh, absolutely give that one a look if you're looking for something fun to play with your with your friends. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, unless uh, some games randomly popped into Mitch's head at this point, uh, which it has not, uh, that wraps us up for personal lists. We'll be back in about a week's time uh, for our collective list. We're going to take uh, all the PlayStation games that we've discussed just now uh, and we're going to whittle them down to a top 10 that we can all sort of agree on. And that'll be coming in a week, as I say. So tune in for that. Thanks for joining us for this part one of our Game of the Year deliberations. And we'll see you then.